for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. All right, fellas. Um, we're all jumping in here. Six-pack lap it at. We got Russ, Joey Flex, Shane Martin, who is the Canadian president to the IPF uh, side on Canada's CPU, and Arian Messi-Kamesi. We had things got a little bit spicy and you know what yeah we could talk about that so a couple years ago johnny candido put out a video about changing bench rules to try to mitigate arch and surprised a lot of people sean noriega was on that video and he was like yeah i'd be game for it even though it it impact my bench negatively and it got a sugar load of traction and a lot of people were on it but it seemed like pie in the sky ideas that will never come to fruition no one's going to actually entertain this then after was it bench worlds arian uh recently it was, was uh, it was european bench european bench hey, that's right shane would know um guests don't surprise some people saying the ipf was looking into creating some rule changes now just to back up a stitch um shane are you aware how does how do these changes come about because i believe there's two different groups where one group puts the proposed together and then another group will vote on it. Do you know if that's right? Yeah. So basically, I don't know uh, how recent it is, but the rules are no longer really voted on. It's just basically decided by that technical like group uh, at the IPF level, like uh, countries can propose changes and just send emails. Like I proposed a, a bench rule change last year and it got rejected, but the countries submit it and then that rule group decides behind closed doors whether they like it or not or what they're ah. going to do so there's a little less um democratic process i guess it kind of just lets the ipf really decide the direction of the rules they want but there is country feedback but we don't really get like a, a real vote to impact so any rule change is going to be a decision with like hanny and gaston and the ipf guys at that level so that kind of, yeah, separates a little bit of stuff. And you had proposed a, a bench proposal rule change previously? Yeah, so my change was like pretty nominal. Basically, I just wanted to get rid of uh, the red card, which is the bar doesn't touch your chest. Obviously, if your bar doesn't touch your chest, you're not going to get the press command. So it's never an issue. And red cards should be the most common infraction. So I just wanted to have the lockout portion of blue to replace the not touching the chest of the red card because lockout is a very common issue with bench. So it should be the red card and then we could switch, but that was rejected. So I oh, mean, <laughs> if they're not open to something like that, I would be very interested to see what the result is going to be of. Yeah. Uh, it's talk. <laughs> so that's what makes this interesting. I was a little caught off guard when I heard this. As a matter of fact, when I first heard it, I'm like, that sounds like bullshit to me. And then when I reposted it, because I didn't think I was like, nah, I don't, you know, it seemed, it seemed like a big move. When I reposted it, I can't tell you how many people were replying saying that's actually a rumor. It's not real. And 
I slid into the big man's DMs and was asking him directly, is this real? What are we looking at here? And yeah, there could be, this is Gaston. And he was like, yeah, there, this is real. Now, to what extent this looks like, I have no idea. It could be extremely small and nominal. Like it could be like very small or, you know, some people were like, really running with it saying flat back everyone's hearing flat back which is like it's impossible that's yeah, impossible, impossible. that is impossible um but sometimes people will grab onto something you say so if even if gaston says it and if you guys have met gaston in real life he says things like you know to get an impact but doesn't necessarily mean it like that word for word verbatim like he's just like people talk right he's, he's a politician <laughs> he's uh I mean, yeah but i mean also like he says yeah so anyways some people will take something, run with it and be like, that's what he wants. If he could change it, he would have you flat backed, whatever the hell. Um, but I don't think that anyone wants to see a flat back. So it looks like we're going to get some changes done. Some people have thrown some rule changes out there that if changes have to happen, let's see this. And I have a list of a couple different possible rule changes, but also there's the discussion. Should we even have rule changes at all? So maybe we have the discussion, should we have rule changes at all? And then we could take a look at if we're going to have some, and it looks like we're going to at least have some looked at and proposed, and they're going to have a discussion. What do we think we could live with? Or what do we think? All right, now we're getting a little too far here. So we'll kick off with, just in terms of timeline, my man Russ had posted that he was in on some rule changes and people, we got a mixed bag. And here's the thing. If we're just doing a timeline in terms of backup story, like background story, um, people will come at you, right? And people talk spicy because people like to talk spicy. I think all of us on this podcast know all of us on here are actual powerlifting dudes who love powerlifting. And anything we propose for or against is in the vein of we're doing because we think it's for the better of powerlifting, right? Um, but there are going to be some people who will hop on there and be like, you're an idiot. What the fuck? Or whatever the show. It's like, take it easy, man. It's we're, we're just, let's have a discussion. And that's the only way things are going to get forward. Or you going to make any change. Or even if like, if you have a conversation, if I'm too far to the right, pull me into the center, but let's talk about it, but you can't call me names and shit. So, or else I'm not coming into the center with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then it was interesting. Cause when I posted that, that vote, it was over, it was, a vast majority were saying they would like some rule changes. It's all over the place. I don't know what the shit, what to think about it. So, but I guess we could start. Russ, you had said you, you were in favor of some rule changes. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts when you heard it and started this discussion? I feel like this conversation has happened twice now, right? There's like a couple of years ago, maybe my time was kind of messed up. Maybe like last year, a couple of years ago, they kind of said like, this was a possibility um and i think i've expressed behind the scenes that's i I would love to have that change uh and then recently i was just further echoing like what the gossip was it's like yo gaston's like looking to make this real change i'm like well if that happens i'm for it like i think it's actually about time uh me personally my perspective and a lot of the conversations that i have with my friends and family and just like people that are watching that aren't like powerlifting elitists it's like whenever the bench press comes up it's like yo why why does the bench look like that? Like, I think even us in the politics community, we can kind of all agree. It's like, that is a very, um, I wouldn't say like exaggerated way to get the bench press done, right? It's like super quote unquote efficient, 
very, very short range of motion. And it's just very eye-catching. Like whenever we get reposted on social media from bench, it's something that's constantly like memed. Um, it's like, to me, it's not a proper representation of what I believe strength is to be on bench. Um, but that's just my opinion. But it was just coming so more from the fact of like all the different sports, they have rule changes on a yearly basis. And I don't think powerlifting uh, should be exempt from that. So I just thought that it would be a rule change that I think would benefit um, in certain categories and also just kind of like reflect what I believe to be true strength on bench press. So that's just kind of where I was coming from with that. So people get extremely emotional in powerlifting. It could go really hard back. Now, Shane wasn't emotional about it because he, but uh, you were on the opposite end in terms of um, bench rule change. So why do you think we should not have a bench rule change, Shane? Well, <clears throat> I guess uh, my my first thing is I'm actually curious to see what the actual percentage of active competitive powerlifters dislike the current rules. I know if we're just using like Instagram or internet, we're pulling in a wide range of opinions. And a lot of those opinions respectively probably don't need to be heard or validated. So I'd be curious to see what the actual competitive population is. Um, and then second, I would be curious. Well, a second, just kind of a comment is, this is a very, this doesn't affect a lot of people. There's maybe what, 20 people that have ridiculous arches in the IPF. I understand that some of those ridiculously arched benchers are taking world records and that does compromise the, that standard. But like we're, there's what, like half a million powerlifters around the world. Maybe 20 of them can get that crazy arch with the one inch ROM. So like, is this really a problem or is this just noise from uh, the internet because it, looks a little different than the standard Jim bro bench. I don't think we really need uh, bench changes yet. Uh, I do agree with Russ though. We should have a more active review of the rules. This is the only sport that basically hasn't had rules changes in a long time. Like the last real change was we got rid of the belly bench like years ago, hmm. but that really didn't like affect too much. Um, like I'm biased. Cause like, I don't think it, well, it, it may affect my, my bench. It affects my bench. Well, that's going to suck. Cause that's like my total. <laughs> uh, but like be, beyond that, like real big aggressive archers besides the Eddie Berglund, like sacrifice like substantial weight off of their deadlift. So in terms of like uh, competitive sense, it doesn't really impact the people on the podium, maybe at bench worlds, but if it's a bench worlds, then you should have the ridiculous, uh, technicians at that championship. So I don't, I, I'd be curious to see uh, the argument against that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we're majoring in the minors here. Like this is such a small thing. It's loud on the internet because it does look real funny when someone uh, arches their back and to an extreme rate and you got like barely bend in your elbows. Um, but if we're going to fall down that rabbit hole, then why don't we like manage the sumo? There are some technically proficient lifters that can pull insane sumos and they're, well, I mean, they're probably equally ridiculed on the internet too, but I feel like it's a slippery slope if we're going to kind of pick what ridiculous technique that we have to like uh, fix. Um, yeah. So, so that's, so I, I do add, so, so yeah. So 100% in terms of, um, I, there's a couple of points in there that I want to, that, that I want to discuss and open up. Uh, Cause I have discussion points and no, like those are hitting on a lot of them. So the one in terms of like social media poll, you're right. We got to be careful in terms of um, putting up a social media poll, like on King of the Lifts. Uh, it's friggin' quarter of a million people. How many of those people are actually powerlifters or how many of them are strength fans that just want to see some people smash some big lifts? 
you don't know. And unfortunately, like I do think there should be some polling, actual scientific polling within the community, like a powerlifting community. I think that's probably the most appropriate way. I would like to see that as well. Um, especially if it's a, it's a, one of the bigger changes, at least by nations, the however they're going to organize it. I think that's true. Um, in terms of like 20 lifters in all of the IPF, I'm not sure. Cause that's also not a scientific number. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, like if I look at the, it might be 20 lifters amongst the people we know, you know what I mean? Cause those are like the people that are going to be impacting. So when I look like the world championships, for instance, however, it, it is relatively impactful when you look at like, for instance, the six, six kilo class, Eddie Berglund may or may not have like what happens there. Or, um, you know, if you look at even just the world records here in the 83s, for instance, you know, the 83 world record, of course, is going to be held by um, Owen Hubbard. And, and it was going back and forth between him and Russ, who's relatively not big arched. But there are individuals who will take, like when it comes to the bench event, at least, the gold medal might end up around someone who's a drastic bencher. And to Russ's point, if someone's watching, it might be like, and I know your point, we'll, we'll, well, hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll bounce back and forth. But if someone's saying in the bench event, we got a gold medal going off to somebody with a massive arch, it might not be like, okay, who is the strongest? There's other variables involved. So there's a little bit of both, right? And um, Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Okay, so I, when I'm listening to you guys talk, I'm like, we're focusing on the arch a lot, but you can, like, you, I don't really think you can – stop the arch you you literally can't because then it becomes a safety issue but you can prevent them from being able to get into like wacky positions by you know forcing them to like keep their butt on the bench or feet a certain way or you know you can move their grip in or something like that right but i think what really like my mindset is like how do we get better how do we move forward what do we want powerlifting to be do we if we get away from it being the ultimate test of strength, right? Then, okay, then what are we doing? Like, literally, what are we doing? Like, are, are, do, do we want to see somebody sit there? You know, the, the big boys that bench like 600 pounds, they take that shit all the way down to their chest, right? And then they press it up and you can see them fight. It's like a, it's a spectacle. It looks crazy. And then you have guys that have insane, uh, they do have a big arch, but their range of motion because their grip is all the way out and they're using an illegal Japanese grip. That is what it's called that they're not even covering the whole ring. They're just covering it with half of it with their index finger. I know what's going on here. Okay. Right. And it's literally illegal and, and they move, they don't even move the bar. Like they just shrug their shoulders. It's like, now you're making the sport a joke, right? No one's going to, this is not going to move us forward. And it's like, what do you want powerlifting to be? Some people, they want powerlifting to be this obscure, random thing that's just like off in the corner of the world. And, you know, it's very gatekept and they don't they don't welcome the next generation. They're not happy to see tons of kids on the Internet, uh, reels, TikTok, whatever, posting a deadlift, posting a, a big squat, a big bench or whatever. They're not they don't want that. They want to keep it how it is. Right. They want to keep it small. And not just saying that everything that's going on on TikTok is, is like you know, the best for the sport or whatever. But it's like, at the end of the day, if we're going to bring new people in, it would probably be a little bit better viewer friendly, possibly, if, you know, we all knew that like when the bench press come around and there was a guy benching who doesn't really move the bar far, you know, I mean, I can imagine Gaston just sitting there and he's like, how am I going to get this in the Olympics when the IOC is looking at a guy who's not even moving the bar 
you know, and he's taking a world record. He's like that. If that's going to be on TV, like people are going to pay money to see that. You know what I'm saying? It's just not, it's just, I don't know. I just, uh, I feel like if, if it affects 20 people, but those 20 people are at very, very high levels. And, and the reason why they're even in a conversation with the lifter who is way stronger than them on everything else um, is because they can, you know, manipulate their body that way. I mean, I don't know. It's like what, what, at the end of the day, it's what do we want the sport to be? You know what I mean? You, yeah. Let's unpack a bit of it. What do you think, Shane? Do you think it is a, a hurdle that'll stop us from moving on to possible Olympics or, you know, major television distribution or a hurdle like that to recruit more youth if they tune in and see it? I don't think the bench arch is the reason why we're not in the Olympics or getting a lot of uh, TV time and mainstream time. I think probably the drug use and <laughs> is probably the biggest barrier of entry, but the Olympics, I know we like to talk about the Olympics, but I don't even think the Olympic dream should be a part of the conversation. That is a theoretical pipe dream or at least five, 10, 15 years down the road. Something we should ignore. But if that is the like justification that we need to get, why we need to change. I, I don't know. It, I've been in the sport 12 years and we've been talking about the Olympics for 12 years and we haven't gotten really one step closer besides a couple agreements at the international level, but nothing really is going to happen. If weightlifting is going to blow up with their drug use, they're not going to bring powerlifting in. Um, but uh, what was the first part? I kind of um, trailed off. There. <laughs> no, well, well, it's all right. <laughs> Believe me, dog. I do the same thing. Um, no, like in terms of like, um, even if it's, we don't do, hold on, real quick, Olympics. Just, I mean, what is Sheffield, right? Like, what is that? Like, literally, what is that meet, and what is it trying to do? And then think about cheater bench, and just like let me, like you tell, you tell me. Like, it's at the end of the day, a lot of us are going to be like, I don't give a shit what the rules are, as long as they don't kill the sport. We're going to do our best, and we're going to compete with whatever they do. And then, then there's another camp that's like, no, that's my total. I, I, you know, I, I literally like, I need this. Like, leave it. You get what I'm saying? And and me, I just want, you know, as somebody who manages like some of the best lifters in the world, right? Like I just want um, to create an environment that is going to facilitate the best talent and the strongest lifters, not the most flexible lifters. That's my thing. At the end of the day, I'm going to run with whatever rules they give us. But I mean, that's how I see it. I, I don't, I don't, this isn't a, it's not a flexibility contest, right? It's got to be, it's a, you need some flexibility to hit depth. You need some flexibility to get in position on sumo and stuff like that too. Um, but it's a, it's, it's, I think it's just a little bit too extreme in one direction and it could be fixed with very, you know, just make people have to put their hands inside the pinky, the, the pinkies inside the ring. That's it. Boom. You know, you could try that. If it doesn't work out for six months, you can edit it for next year, you know, kind of like how they do in, in video games, right? They do small adjustments and you try, you test it out and like, this is the meta we're running with. And then if people don't like it, you change it next year and, and that's it. So, you know, um, that's all that's, that's like kind of like where, where I'm coming from. What do you think would be possible drawbacks of changing rules like this? Shane, if, if you're, if you're hearing, oh. cause you, you had, you had some points where you had maybe concerns about it. Well, like besides the parallel to like a very technically proficient sumo lifter in terms of like rules and like enforcement. Uh, I, I think it, it, it all depends what rule we change or like right, how, right. if we're worried about like, say you have to have 
because the rules just say glute. So glute could be the 1% of your ass and all hamstring. But if, if it says like all of your glute, then I think we need to also have to consideration of where these, what are the duties then of, of the side refs for bench? Because if we're going to change rules or we're going to have like the elbows at nine degree or whatever other, some of the variations that were proposed, it's going to potentially change what the referees are even capable of looking at or interpreting. Like if I'm a side ref and I can't see the elbow because there's spotters, there's uh, plate trees, whatever, there's just stuff in the way, then we're going to kind of potentially end up more like the benefit of the doubt giving white lights because we can't see, which I mean, I'm all for benefit of the doubt. You shouldn't be, but, the, but um, so it, it really all, it really all depends. I don't think it can't be done. I do agree. Like a one inch, well, actually, no, like I think it's super impressive. I think I think those one inch benches are awesome. Like they are so <laughs> difficult to to do. And you can see it like you can like briefly talk about Sean. Like he can if one thing, it falls out of place in a millimeter. He just it doesn't go. So there's a high degree of proficiency in that uh, skill that should be like maybe not awarded, but he should be a part of the conversation as well. Um, and like, is powerlifting a true sport of strength or is it technique strategy? Like there's a lot more variables than just absolute strength. The strongest lifter that we've all seen, like sometimes doesn't win. They have a bad day. They, you know, maybe get screwed from a, a lift or whatever. There's so many other variables. So I don't really see powerlifting as a true test of strength because there's too many variables within that to just use that as kind of our shining light. Um, yeah. And uh, one of it is one of the arguments I heard as well um, that I've read is uh, to put in, if you put in too many rules, certain people argue simplicity. So less rules as opposed to more rules. And then certain people also say, you don't want to put in too many rules that'll impact few people and, um, but the rules will apply to everybody. So then, so there's some other pushbacks. Now there is ways of possibly doing rules to, to combat that. I would say in terms of simplicity sake, um, things like you don't get a handoff in classic. Do you need a handoff in the classic division in the equipped? You probably do. All right, because you're you're. I mean, it's fucking. You would kill you're, equipped if right. we can't get handoffs. Right, right. Like, who's gonna unrack seven hundred? <laughs> we can. Fuck props. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> but um, in the classic, getting a handoff. If you couldn't get a handoff, that might change some things in terms of simplicity. That actually made it more simplistic. People watching would be like, "You're not. No one's gonna help you unrack a squat. No one's gonna help. No one's gonna help you. Period. If you can't get yourself in the place, then you can't do it. And there's no equipment." So that's actually making it simpler. Technically, ahead, though, you can request for assistance with your squat on rack. You can ask the spotters to, to help you unrack it. Oh, I mean, that should. would, I, I don't know how that would help you at all, but yeah, that's an awkward. <laughs> oh, so maybe you take that out as well. Maybe you take it. Sure, yeah. Maybe for... all unracking is. So that would be, that would simple. That's a rule to simplify. I feel um, like. I feel like that rule alone would just be perfect, to be honest with you. Like, is um, kind of what Joey said, or like what everyone's kind of saying, it's kind of hard to regulate, like, how much you are, right? Like, how do you put that in, in um, how do you put that in words? Like, how do you put that in a rule change, right? Um, but, like, if you go and talk to these um, short inch benchers, like, you, I mean, like, I've given lift offs to people like that, 
right? And they need it in such a perfect way. Like the handoff is very, very important to them. So if, <laughs> that sounds so crazy, but if we take it out, it might help with that arch just because, um, I mean, it's a lot of weight. Like a lot of these people just can't handle that amount of weight, period. Um, they can only get it in that two inch little frame right there. So I think that if we do uh, no liftoffs, I think, I mean, I think that's a very solid and simple rule that would probably take um, a little bit out of the way. But at the same time, man, now that I think about it though, man, I don't know. It's going to impact you too. No, no, no. I don't care. I don't okay. Care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my, my biggest thing, my biggest thing, man, is just getting to a point where like we can become as marketable as possible. And I know that you guys said like, this isn't the sole reason as to why we're not getting to the Olympics or like we're maybe Palestine is not expanding as much, but to me, um, the way I like to look at it, it's like, you want to attack every single front just because it isn't the reason doesn't mean it should be, it shouldn't be changed. Like, I just look at it as another reason. It's like, here's another thing that kind of discourages people or makes people think twice about entering piloting or even viewing piloting as a true sport. It's a, okay. So this will be, this is another thing. I know Shane, you're pro equipment. So let me, I'm not against equipment. <laughs> My man here is, is representing all the minority opinions on it. Thank you, Shane. You're an awesome guy for stepping up to the plate. I appreciate you, dog. I really do. But um, I remember when I first got into powerlifting, uh, well, so there's a couple things I want to back. So when I first got into powerlifting, IPF was only equipped. And initially, the push I would tell everybody that I knew was like, it'll appeal to more people if we have a classic as well. A raw, I was saying raw. There was no such thing as classic at the time. It'll appeal to more people. It'll appeal to more people. And I remember being told, it's not going to go over like that. It's not going to make the impact you think it is. Um, it won't make a big boom like you think it will. Powerlifting is a niche sport and uh, powerlifters themselves don't care, so it doesn't matter. But then when it turned over and we with they incorporated the classic into the IPF, it was a massive boom. So this is theoretical. This isn't factual, but you, we don't, we don't necessarily, we're not sure. So in terms of visioning, what if the bench this whole time was always mitigated arches at some point, it, there never was arches from the get-go there was mitigated arches. Could there have been an impact in terms of crossover like we have with the classic that was introduced and all of a sudden a massive boom in the amount of people joining? Like when people tune in, it's, it's difficult to tell how many people tune in and be like, I am never going to have an arch like that if that's what it takes for me to join this. Or I don't understand why these benches are passing and I'm not super interested in, in watching it. So I mean it's hard to tell those things. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could even speak to that just because, like, I feel like I'm the, um, I am like kind of like in the middle between that because I introduced, I feel like I introduced a lot of people into powerlifting just because of my social media presence. Um, a lot of people's first like introduction to powerlifting is me and my competitions. And one of the biggest things that people take away from watching my competition is like, hey man, like, we saw a couple people benching like, why does it pass like that? Like, why does like he only move two inches? How's that? How's that a bench press? And it's just like. In sports, right, you want to appeal to the masses as much as possible. That's why these sports change the rules all the time. It's literally just to make it more enjoyable for the viewer, right? So in football, like the five-yard the five yard jam rule, like you can't push a receiver past five yards because, all right, because it's going to help with scoring. Like they're going to score more points. It's going to make it more watchable for the viewer, right? Uh, same thing in basketball. Like they sped up the game, more points, uh, more superstars and all that kind of stuff, right? Now with powerlifting, to me, you're turning people off when you have those two inch uh, bench presses or those short round bench presses. And I feel like 
from what I've heard, it's like one of the biggest things. You have sumo, which is a whole different conversation. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, this guy sent me, this guy showed me a video like today in person of him like mocking sumo. And it was like the funniest thing, but it kind of pointed to something else in my, in my opinion. But at the same time, right, it, it, those are two, the two things that people con- constantly make comments on, right? The super duper short range of motion sumo press, uh, sumo pools, and then also like the uh, super, super short range of motion bench presses. I just feel like, um, they're not the reason as to why the sport isn't growing, but they are a reason, in my opinion. And you should always look at everything. Like you have um, one, you have reason number one, two, three, four, five. Just because it's not reason number one doesn't mean it's something you shouldn't kind of focus on and make some rule changes about. Well, so opening that discussion. Um, uh-oh, are you okay, Joey? Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just adjusting, but I was thinking about like. The thing that kind of something that I I like, but it's scary to think about, but it would be very interesting is in in other competitive things like they will change a rule. And, you know, now you have like the sport is it's like from this moment forward, there was the before this era and now there's the after this era. Right. So when people refer to things, it's like, oh, well, we didn't have a three-point line back then. Or, you know, da, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's like there's different, you know, different times and different eras. And, the, and when I think about it, I'm like comparing it to like some other stuff. It's like, well, yeah, what if one year um, we had a year where it was like you have to, everybody has to bench with their, you know, right now the rule is your hands have to be, like you have to cover the ring, right? So as wide as you can go is like getting your index finger on the ring, right? If they said everybody's hand has to be inside the ring, you know, and they just ran that for a year and whatever happened, happened, right? Boom. They do that for a year. Um, and then after the year, okay, we evaluate or six months, whatever. And we say, okay, like we got feedback, you know, this is how it was. We're going to, we might make it, we might leave the bench because it was positive or we might change it. And then I know this is going to sound crazy and a lot of people are going to go nuts. Um, but for, for deadlift, they make the same rule. Your, your shin has to be inside the ring, right? And, Crazy right, you know, and, the, and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- they could just do that, right? Yeah. And it would be, and it would be, there's still sumo, but it's not going to be like my fucking toes are at the plate. You know what I'm saying? And you just. Oh, gotcha, you just, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you just like run, okay, that was that year. That was that, that was how people did it then. And then, you know, it can make it interesting. And it's like. So like I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, you could do whatever you want with the sport, but it's like, what do you want the sport to be? And guess what? There's another federation that if you don't like it, that could be like the legacy fed. You go over there and you go do your arts, you go do your cheater sumo, whatever you want to do. Um, in my opinion, it just makes the guys that pull conventional and bench with the normal bench that much more impressive when they're beating the guys that do have omega arches. You know what I'm saying? It's like the only reason you're in a conversation with this person. Is because you're you know you're super flexible and then, and then at that point it's just like you're always gonna get like a crowd that's gonna frown on one thing or the other you know what I'm saying so I don't know um, it could be a lot of different things and at the end of the day I think uh, these changes could really be a great thing and like you said like when classic came in just a shit ton of people flood into the sport and make it like super fun or you know, completely kills it. And then another federation just clearly wins. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, 
you know, you kind of answered it. And earlier I was going to ask like, how like serious is this? Like, is this happening? Or is it just like a, like is Gaston just like saying something and like, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But if it's like a serious thing that serious people are talking about, um, you know, I mean, I'm down for something new, right? Like we, we like, it'll be, it'll be good to train even like just as a coach training people for, I mean, I always have close grip and dumbbells and all kinds of stuff in programs anyway, because I believe at the end of the day, like it's about like building muscle. Right. And um, it'll be I don't know. I'm, I'm down for change, man. I'm not afraid of it. And I think I think the like when you guys talked about the masses like voting or whatever, a lot of people that don't have foresight are just going to like have their they're just they're just whatever their instant emotion is. Right. They're just like a bunch of cookie cutters of the same person that just an impulse person. I'm just going to say what I feel. Right. And it's like, oh, no, that's bad. I have to change something when it then take a second. Think about it. It's actually not going to be that bad. And you might do better than you think. And everybody has to deal with it. So I don't know. That's my that's my rant. Well, OK, so there's a couple good points in there. Um, a one. First off, in terms of bench and sumo, when I think about the world championships, Still, the biggest highlight from the last world championships that passed was Enohoro in the 83s. And that was a sumo pole. And I mean, everybody was on their feet. Every Everybody, it was standing room only on their feet. Every time I had someone on the podcast, people were couldn't stop talking about it. So I don't think too many people will attack the sumo so vehemently it, inside the community. It, it doesn't even look that bad. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't look, bad. look that bad. It was, a, it was it, put it this way. To Russ's point, it was action. It was excitement. Like when you're viewing all I want, give me action, give me excitement. And to Russ's point, that was fucking action and excitement. I think we had you on, Russ. Like it was right after USAPL Meganets and you were talking about it. I remember Bob Matthews on here and he's like, I think that was the best single lift I've ever seen in my life. And it wasn't even passed. It didn't even pass. And he's like, and I mean, fucking period, not just for that world. So I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, that's how much he loved it. And that's a sumo pull. You know what I mean? So um, I think... I think sumo's not like as long as the action's there. Now, having said that, never in my life, even though it's by far the biggest bench, have people walked away with the same impression when, like, for instance, I don't want to pick on the kid. He's an amazing kid, but like Eddie Berglin, um, his bench press, people very rarely get the same impact where it's standing room only and everybody comes on, like, I can't believe that was by far the biggest highlight I've seen at the world championships. That was action. Holy fuck, was that action? Did you see when literally, more to Russ's point, there was very little action. It's going to be boop, boop, and the action's actually over. Whereas like the, there's a lot of action in a big sumo pole. It's a, it's a good show. So I, if we're, you know, that's, that's where the rules, if we're leaning into rules based off of increasing action, you're a boxing fan, you're an MMA fan, they're stalling and, and you're not allowed to stall. They break you. And, and it's just in the interest of, uh, it's not just who's the tougher guy, because if it was that you let them carry on inside the clinch and, um, the guy could just grapple his way and always win. There's, it's always about that to push you forward. And since the UFC has installed those rules, and got it sanctioned in all these events. Now the UFC is a massive, it's a sports regulated, but it's action, action, action. So there's something to be said. Here's a question. Put it this way. Put it this way. If you're, if you're wondering if this is going to work, if they make a rule right now where the arches are diminished, and we'll talk about the different rule sets in a second, but if there's a rule where the arches are diminished in the IPF, and in the next five years, we have floods of more people entering the sport, when they first enter the sport and they say, we have this federation where there's massive, massive arches, 
and we show them some of them. And there's this federation where there's rule sets. The arches are much more mitigated and it's more just, it's longer range of motion. You got to, you got to push it out. Which one do you think those people are going to take? And they're new. It's the second one. Yeah. I think they're going to take the one who has their favorite lifter in it. I don't know if like the bench arch is going to be the thing that dictates which federation new people will join. I think it'll be whoever they're following. If it's a piece, admire. though. You're right. You're right. First <clears throat> off, I don't discount that. You are right. Just like to Russ's point, that's like Russ to a large extent, right? In in the uh, USAPL and IPF, he's probably got the biggest following. But uh, so you're right. But if they're like, in terms of pieces for rules, if it's, if they're asking, if they're like, okay, if we're going by rules, which one do you prefer to the new guy, the new girl who's entering the sport? Oh, you're right. Then it'd totally be like the, a flatter backed uh, bench. It's more, it's just much more usable when you go to the, the global gym, you don't see people doing the gymnastic arch all the time. So it's more relatable. Totally makes sense. Like, yeah. It's just the, if you go to the 225 NFL combine and you pull up with an arch and a max grip, (laughs) they're, they're going to literally, dude, I want, I want, I'm going to fly Eddie Berglund out. I'm not getting picked up by a team. I'm going to fly Eddie Berglund out, and he's going to be the quarterback. There should be a YouTube video of that. Like, like NFL NFL scout watches a 225 rep out. So we used to make that skit on TikTok. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. There you go. Go and make that shit first. (laughs) You you are allowed to squat high in NFL, though. Uh, Yeah, well, don't (laughs) get me started. Hey, listen. Arian, what are your thoughts on this? How much time do you have? (laughs) <laughs> well i don't know give, give me the give me give me some condensed version you, you, you give, give me the short range of motion version you give everyone specific questions and then we're like hey what are your thoughts <laughs> well i mean you could jump in on whatever you've heard because we, we've had a couple um, in terms I'm, of points i'm kind of in the middle like if they changed it i'll be like cool let's go with it if they don't change it, it's like cool we, we've already been doing it this way so it's fine so i'm not really one way or another the, the biggest thing is if they're going to do a rule change is like finding a way that hits every point, like finding a way that actually gets rid of high arches. It's not something stupid like, oh, don't lift your butt up before you're on rack. People will still find out a way to arch high with keeping their butt on, on the bench um, and ways that referees can uh, be able to referee it. And, you know, there's already enough things to look at in the bench. There's already enough controversial stuff with squat depth or was the pause too long or not long enough and this and that. Um, and then the other thing is like, can you make it broad? You may have to split, like you said, like, oh, if we did no liftoffs for classic, but then you can have liftoffs for equipped. But if you can make it where it's just broad across all age divisions, all events, um, everything like that, it makes it easier because pretty much all the rules other than the equipment that you're allowed to wear is equal across all. It's not like, oh, well, these people can wear wrist wraps. These people can get liftoffs. These people can do this and that. So it would make it that. So in that case, it's like, what can we do that has that kind of effect? Um, I haven't been able to come with up anything other than maybe if it just changed the grip width for everyone, but you would still have some kind of discrepancy. You'd have people who do pinky on the rings that have a shorter range of motion that other people do pinky on the rings. So now are people going to complain? Oh, well, they have a shorter range of motion to us. It's, just, it's still a little better though. It, right. It's better, it, it, but, it's, but now, now it's like a, di- it's a discrepancy just at a different, a, a different point It's like, where are you drawing the line is just slightly different. Um, but that's what, what I thought went, when we had this discussion a couple of years ago and Johnny, you brought it up is I kind of thought about that too, because it's easy for everyone to know, okay, now the rules pinky on the rings. It's an arbitrary thing that people came up with in sports. It's easy for the referees to see, and then it would increase the range of motion for everyone. 
yeah, that's 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 the biggest is um well that in no handoffs it, it in the classic only and I'm okay with like I understand what you're saying where you would like to see the same rules in classic and equip but it is very different though the actual functioning of the movements when you're in all the gear and not in all the gear so yes yeah. the the grip would also be the same thing if you went if you went pinky on the rings and equipped you would kill equipped or they have to change all the shirts so if you do changing the the um grip width if you do changing liftoffs if you try and change it to going back to where you touch or something like that that's all going to mess up mess with equip so you'd have to completely change that or keep them separated but yeah i mean you can consider them separate sports and just say, hey, these are the rule sets for equipped. These are the rule sets for classic. And if you're competing in both, then you just have to know the rules as you're competing in both. They I actually are... really like that idea of, like, if, if imagine if for raw powerlifting, right, you had to put your pinky inside the ring or on it, right? And your feet had to be, your shins have to be inside the ring as well, right? You just do that. That's it. You just, you reduce some range of motion. Yeah. Some people are still going to be like have advantages over, over others, but it still helps a little bit. And then for equipped, let them max out on grip, let them max out on whatever, literally, you know what I'm saying? They're using equipment anyway. They're using knee sleeves anyway, or uh, knee wraps anyway. And it's like, if you just want to see a human being attempt to lift a lot of weight and, and whatever, boom, you can look at that. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just something that, uh, I don't think it would be that big of a deal, really. But I mean, you know, then then you hear like people say like, oh, well, well, you know, there's just one big guy in Norway who's like giant and like he can't do that. And I'm like, well, it sucks for him man. not every sport. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like NBA players are super tall and the rim is 10 feet. You know, the taller you are, the better it's going to be for that. The men's basketball is a specific size. You know what I'm saying? Like. And I'm sure they had to get to that size through like trial and error. Maybe the ball was too big a bit at one point. Maybe it was too small, you know? So I don't know. I just, um, I think it can be done. I don't think this is an impossible thing. And there's a, there's a nice middle ground that can make everybody happy. That will also make the sport a little bit more enjoyable. And, and, you know, that's that. In terms of someone arguing, they don't want complexity and they want simplicity. And I've heard that um, the grip on the ring is already in place. We're just changing what pinky. So that actually yeah. is not an extra rule. And in terms of a handoff or not handoff viewing wise, if you just don't allow someone to hand someone off and I'm just watching it, it makes sense that I'm just watching you lay down and you unrack it yourself and you go and you rack it yourself. So it's not more complex. Neither one of those are more complex adding layers that the viewer can't understand and are drawing me away from. So that's yeah. okay. Some of these other ideas though, and let me get some of your guys thoughts on this. Penna's idea. Um, well, first off, let's keep with the grip rule. Candido had an idea where it changes per weight class. Shane, what are you thinking there? You're not, you're, you're I saying, I think no. that's a horrible idea. That yeah. means like every time an athlete steps on the platform, you have to referee have to like gauge their their body weight and make sure that their fingers are changed one centimeter. Like that's I understand the theory, but in practicality, it's it would be very difficult. Well, maybe not super difficult, but it it just it sounds so convoluted. If every weight class gets their own set of grip rules, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> or or, or even, if you, even if you did like two grip, two grips, like, you know, lightweights and heavyweights, I agree with Shane because then like it's 
as you, as you're saying, Ryan, it adds more complexity. Now people have to know what their grip width is based on weight class. The referees have to look at the scoreboard, see what weight class you're in to see what rule to apply. And also like as a lifter, let's say you're moving up weight classes as you're a sub junior to junior open. Now the rules are changing for you as you've like gained weight and gone up a weight class. Now you have to completely switch your grip or start in advance knowing, okay, one day I'm going to be a 105. My grip is going to be different. And the other thing is for our local meets, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure in CPU is the same as here that you can, you know, go up a weight class to like, you know, the week of the meet or, or day, the day yeah. of the meet, even if you miss weight. So now the day of the meet, you may miss weight and the, the uh, directors, that's fine. You can compete in the 93s, but now your grip width has changed the day of the meet and you haven't prepared for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we already have a rule for where your hand should be. It's just, if you want to change it in. It's different. Yeah, just make it make it one change for for all the classic lifters. Is there something um, and, I'm not but, seeing? Why that? What's the negatives on that that we might not be seeing? Besides, what is it? The negatives the would be. Grip. What's that? Sorry? I was gonna say. No, I was gonna say the only possible negative would be is if it's like maybe too narrow for some bigger guys and may bother their shoulders or something like that. But a lot of the bigger guys, even on the non-tested side, don't even use a max grip. Like some of these guys who have the all-time world record bench presses don't use a max grip. Yeah, this is like a small human problem with like the arches and stuff. Anyone over most people over 200 pounds can't get in those positions. So then no, I, I, I agree. I think that the closer grip is probably the easiest solution for this problem. Like, again, you're not going to eliminate uh, all of the crazy arches, but then you're going to at least add like an inch or two of ROM for everybody, which should level out the, the lighter weight classes. And that would be just ways to deal with just like what like pinkies like on the ring done there you go yeah same yeah, same gonna... same as like okay is it this one or is it that one it's the same looking and in terms of um teresa's point earlier in. about action you can have the arch if you can arch your ass off cool but if the range of motion increases i'm actually watching action and that's all sports is is watching action you know so if it increases even by a few inches all right we're watching something sorry yeah, Gary, I think about it's the simple fix yeah that's not too crazy. Okay. Um, in the handoffs, where are we at with that? Does that my sound only, like Go my ahead. only concern with the handoffs would be um, like potential injury. Like if you're, if you're a real big bench and you're moving over 500, like it's I've self-handed off 500 and it fucking sucks, okay. but I mean, you could do it, but I think that would be the only thing is like actual, like there's real potential for injury with the shoulders. If you're going to try to unrack like real heavy stuff. Max um, load. You're right. And you're going for records. Maybe, even, maybe, maybe you don't need to do the self handoff then. Even not a injury, but you know what potentially could happen is, um, well, or what would mostly happen from a lot of people is like everyone's numbers would drop a little bit, and then they would have to learn how to lift heavy weights and unrack it themselves and come back up. Someone who may be able to do 500 with a liftoff may drop down to like 450 or 475 without a liftoff, and then have to build themselves back up until they can learn how to do that because. For some people, they just put the rack height a certain way or unrack a certain way with the lift off to get the way they want to set up that they can't do the same thing, get that same position without a lift off. So um, the other thing too with both of these changes is like you're not only attacking people who have high arches and leaving everyone else alone. You are hitting everyone. So everyone's going to be affected and everyone's going to have to adjust. So uh, it's just something that would affect every single lifter. Yeah, to me, the, the self handoff or self lift off thing is, is a skill. Um, it's just like how you set up and understand like where your positioning is because at the same time too, and the other thing you have to worry about is also hitting the, uh, the rack itself. So, um, cause I only speak on this cause I do a lot of self, uh, 
uh, liftoffs. Like, I don't bench like 500 pounds, but um, it's still relatively heavily to me. But it's just like taking it off. Just fine. It's just a skill set, um, in my opinion. I don't think it would be a bad thing to uh, to take out the uh, the uh, person assisting with the handoffs. Yeah, some of the other benefits too. I think that, like you guys have mentioned, like from a viewer standpoint, it would be one less person on the platform, one less person like blocking the lifter. It would way. just be like it would just be like a spotter on each side, and then just the, you see the lifter right away, and they just take it out, and you see the lifter the whole time. There's no one blocking them, and also then there's no complaints about bad liftoffs. Everyone's on a level playing field. Yeah, well, you could it. get quicker start commands too. If you unrack yeah. it by yourself, the referee can see you immediately. So you may, maybe you're shaving off a second or two holding it. Yeah, and just just for uh, the media side as uh, as well, it's like there's just less people on the platform, like you said. So it's just like it's just a clear sign, a uh, clear view of what's going on. Because a lot of times too, like when you have that person give you the lift off, like it's you can't really see shit, right? Like it's like okay, it's, he's gone, and then it takes a while for to get that that command, and then. It's just another way to clean up, I think, just overall. Uh, so It yeah, is I've, smoother, cleaner, yeah. visually. It, the runtime is quicker. It's consistent. It's yeah. consistent. You, you, there's no such thing as a third party impacting the lift, like you guys had said. Mm. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But, and it, it maybe it is a skill that you need to have. And as a viewer watching it, it would be like, okay, well, you, you got people helping you out. Well, like just someone else, if, if there is no third party intervention like that. So it is, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm back on. <laughs> as Shane might know, but I'm pretty sure for Parapal thing, they do no liftoffs. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think there's no, their, their bench rules are like crazy strict. Is <laughs> crazy it really? fuck around at all. Oh, like, yeah, they, you have like the slightest, like uneven, three reds. Oh, it's yeah. Like, they, <laughs> they, wild. They still have it where you have to like lock out both elbows and be even. You can't just like, you know, twist and lock out. And for them with their, because they have their feet on the bench, they have to keep their heels on the bench. They can't like lift it up a tiny bit or anything like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, that for all their events, they, they have to do uh, without liftoffs. They have a size bar. So they, those people have figured it out to do big weights raw with no liftoff. Fair. Well, that's a good point, actually. Well said. Because I remember uh, Rockman from Iran no use of his legs whatsoever was bench pressing in the 600s, lifting it off himself. Holy shit. Is that a um, RIP for Rockman? I think he passed. How about this one though, fellas? Penna had talked about, so we're out with the Johnny Candido idea of multiple weight class, different grip, probably not entirely. I mean, it doesn't roll out that well. If you're going to change with the grip, it's got to be universal. And we already have index. Fine. You go pinky. It's, it's the exact same rule. It's just moved. The Penna rule. The, the depth, the elbow depth. What are we thinking about this? I don't know I how don't, this fucking rolls out. Yeah. I don't like leaving more things up to the judges to just mess up and then we got to go appeal it. You know what I mean? Like squad depth already is like, uh, I just, I don't, <laughs> don't want to do, I don't, don't want to do another squad depth type of thing. Um, but I mean, it could work. I don't know. We already do it with squat. It's just only the front judge is going to be able to see it. Literally. That's true. Yeah. That's one person's it. word. It's one person's word on it as opposed to three eyeballs on it, which is that's impactful. You know, that's you one have thing. one. Uh, I was going to say, that's one thing I noticed that, that Joey was saying is like when I was at the North American Championships this week and I was like helping you in the warm up room, I was kind of standing sometimes where the side referees are to be like, could I actually see 
90 degrees at the elbow or whatever you want to call it. And like if no. someone has their, has their arm more flared out where you're looking perpendicular to the upper arm, then a side referee could see it. But if someone tucks your elbows in more, then the angle becomes difficult and more and more difficult to be able to see. So some of the people who tuck their elbows in more, I couldn't tell if they're at 90. And so then do you give more leeway and do people take advantage of that and go like, you know, higher and higher angle? I don't think or, it's a good uh, thing, man. Or do you only give it to the chief referee? The chief referee has to see 90 degrees and a pause on the chest and then give you the press command. And then your press command may take even longer. And it's just, it's only one person. The reason why we have three people usually is that you, you can look around and ask, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure about this. Depth like on it. squat, depth no. on squat. You have two people on the side and sometimes the front person will even call you on depth on this one. You have one person's opinion in a split second. That's not great. That's not usually why we have three people on the platform. That's going to be tough to regulate. And yeah, not either goes gonna... like you either go all the way to like gifts all the time because side refs can't see. So we give whites or you go all the way to, I can't see. So I'm going to give you a red. So it could either screw everyone or could gift everyone. But the 90 degree thing, uh, again, in theory, it sounds good, but yeah, that, that would be really hard to place. And like you said, with uh, shoulder position, that's going to affect it where the referees are stationed, where the spotters are. Mm. Like if you have a bigger bench and you have two spotters on each of those sides of the bar, then you ain't going to see those elbows at all. So then what? We just automatically give a white light. I mean, I'm all for free white lights as a bencher, but I mean, <laughs> in terms of like the standard, I don't know if that's going to go the right way. And for the uh, for the chief referee, if you're going to give it to just them, then as the bar is coming to the chest, they have to be looking at the heels or the entire foot. They have to be looking at the head. They have to be looking at the paws on the chest and you have to be looking at the elbow. So it's, it's a lot. It's already a lot. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, like in squat, you're only looking at depth. That's it. You know, you're, you're out there with your lifters and you're coaching somebody and, and I'm like watching the side refs waiting for them to put their hands down. And then the lifter comes off and they're like, man, they're holding me. And it's like, yeah, because you're taking forever to get your feet set. You know, and it's like a lot of things already that they have to watch. And I've I've refed before and it's like I can't look at everything. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look at as many things as I can. But it's like there's a lot of, you know, different things that like, am I going to watch the lift or am I going to look at the butt? It's like there's a lot. There's just a lot. And and it's uh, I do not like this idea. Um, I, I, I could see how it's it seems fine and maybe they implement it and it works, but I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I, I think the pinky thing is the simplest thing. It's, it's simple. If you're just straight up, I want it longer up, longer down. And I don't want to change, write a new rule. You're just amending a rule. Like instead of the index, it's a pinky. It's oh, we already have a finger on the ring rule. It's, it's really super duper simple. What are your guys thoughts on the head coming up on the bench? The USAPL is now allowed, right? I mean, it looks hideous, but like it doesn't do anything. So, I mean, does it really matter? I think optically it looks kind of backyard, but no one's getting extra kilos with their head on or off the bench. Especially for the raw lifting. Um, yeah. For for the equipped lifting, especially maybe like multiply or something like that, it helps them to touch more. For single ply, I mean, it depends on the lifter and their, their shirt. For the raw lifting, it makes no difference. A lot of times it's just bigger guys who might have tight shoulders or like masters lifters who have tight shoulders that have, have to like lift their head up. I think as a referee, a side referee, it's easier because as a side referee, 
oftentimes I'm either more towards a side where I can see the butt come up, but then the plates block the head, or I have to be in the side where maybe I can see the head come up, but then I'm at a bad angle to see the butt. So it's like a tough as a side referee to be able to see it anyway. So I'd rather just not even look at the head. I wonder what, 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 why did they change? What sparked that? It's like, Hey, we're going to change this. You can now pick your head up on bench. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I don't, like that had to be changed or modified or like why they felt it needed to be. I don't remember if someone proposed it or for the, yeah, they just kind of came up with themselves, but um, not sure. Heels up. Let's get crazy. That's an advantage though. Like if you can have your heels up, you can get, yeah. If you can get your feet way further back. So then you're just encouraging more arching. Is that going to be more arching? Yeah. Yeah. We're going back to, yeah. (laughs) We're going backwards. We're hustling backwards. If we do heels up. (laughs) Get that out. Yeah. No, they got to be flat. Some of this stuff was like old rules for for equip benchers because yeah, if you had like your heels up, you can arch more. If you can lift your your head up, you can get a tighter shirt and be able to still be able to touch. And before, when you couldn't belly bench, uh, was because you could touch lower on your stomach and be able to get more of the shirt. So yeah, now we're kind of going backwards. Okay, here's another one: up down bar movement. <laughs> I don't. I don't. What? See I mean. It- should you be called Joey on up down bar movement? And this is we had a bit of a conversation for all there. the lifts. Well, this is this got, is, this this is it. You, gotta, you, you can't just you can't just do it for bench and not everything. Now you just fucking no no yeah. It. This is all the lifts, not just bench. Yeah. Sorry, or unless you guys want to throw that caveat in there and be like, I'll allow it on deads, or I won't allow it on deads. I'll allow it on you guys. Take it and roll with it. How do you feel about up down? Do you think it stops a good fight? That's amazing. Or do you think it could lead to and it's less confusion by Brother, the public? Like the public watches and are like, why did that not get passed? Let me or- tell you what's gonna happen. Okay. You're gonna squat. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a big boy that squats high bar, and he's gonna bounce the shit out of his squat, and the hole gets stuck at a sticking point. And just bounce again, and then get that momentum and not and get through and make it. You know what I'm saying? Like you could do some. I you cannot have that. You cannot yeah. have like yeah. Go ahead, dude. Just keep doing. Just keep bouncing the bar off your chest <laughs> until <laughs> you get it. You know what I'm saying? This is what I was telling you, Ryan. Kind of off air. It's like a small downward motion and then locking it out is like not an advantage. Like, dude, you just made it hard on yourself when you still completed a lift. You should get it. But you can then take the rule to your advantage. Like Joey said, what if someone bounces in her squat and then comes up a little bit and tries to bounce again to get like momentum or bar whip or something like that to come up uh, on bench. What if you pause it on your chest, get the press command, bring it up a little bit and then bounce off your chest to get the momentum and come up. And on deadlift, what if you bring it up and then bring it down and bounce the weights off the ground to get some momentum uh, or, or even if you don't, Everyone knows in the deadlift, you're starting from a dead position in the bottom, so it's harder. But if you bring it up a little bit and then come down, you can maybe get more of a stretch reflex, even if you're not bouncing the weights. Mm. And then from from the spotters, is like more difficult. When do you grab the bar or do yeah. you just like a, like trying to figure that out? It becomes more dangerous. And then from a, a, view, a viewer point, it's like, well, then they're watching to see like when does the lift end? Like, oh, they went down, but oh, they're going up again. Oh, they're going down. They're going up again. Whoever proposed that was just throwing <laughs> shit out. They didn't even think about it. That's right. But I see but if there, you see proposed on Instagram stories. If, if there was a point with it, though, because there's a lot of times where you're at meets where it's just like, oh, shit, it just barely went down for like, you know, yeah. half a second. It came back up. They're trying to point to that, but. Once again, like lifters are going to become smart. They're going to take advantage of that rule and start using it. To right. Advantage, so. 
So yeah, someone's yeah. gonna yeah, someone would, is gonna like try and change that rule for like yeah, that little bit of dip, and then twenty years from now we're gonna be in the world that we just yeah, discussed like, and be like, why did they make this rule? Who's the asshole who changed that? <laughs> and it's me and Russ. <laughs> I'm like, ah, shit, Russ, we ruined the game. And this is <laughs> that's and this is why these um, you know, like like Joey's saying, hey, fuck it, maybe you know you have different federations. If it if it really fucks it up, you got a different federation. But it's like, oh my god, hopefully it doesn't fuck up a whole global fed though. Like that's where it gets scary, and you don't want to do anything too crazy. Okay. Um, so- just uh, uh, just to add on to that, because Joey had mentioned that as well before. Uh, interesting concept Joey said about like games, how they have like different seasons and they'll change the rules or different players and packs and stuff like that to make things more interesting. And you'll see that also in other sports where they'll change rules, like in uh, basketball. I think they tried out a different ball for like a season. I think in swimming they tried out different suits that are like you know less friction and stuff like that to see whether they want to have them. Uh, but I think one of the downsides of powerlifting is like. I think the IPF is focused on the four-year like Olympic cycle, or is it just the World Games cycle? That's why after the World Games happen, now they're thinking about this rule. So I think they're trying to find a rule that they can at least keep for the next four years, rather than finding a way to maybe test out a rule and see if it's effective, and then be able to pull it back. Um, the other thing too, I think, is like they're trying to get it out soon, like let's say September and October, to get it going in January, which makes it difficult if you do a big change, no one's prepared for it maybe they should think about this more try and test it out and maybe say okay in 2024 this rule is going to go in into place start preparing for it now rather than just throwing something out and saying all right eddie in two months get ready for this well uh, yeah <laughs> the thing is if it's depends on what the rule is you you mean prepping for it, the lifters themselves adjust yeah like their yeah technique. like uh, like i wonder if any lifters right now are like adjusting like not doing as much of an arch or doing a closer grip or something like that to be ready to go for january 1st gonna be a it's good for some people it'll be like is that when it's gonna be in yeah that's what they they said i mean gaston had talked about this in his uh presence report for the annual meeting that was in june but still even if someone had read about that in june of there's a possible change coming and then heard about it this month of oh there's possibly a change coming but they're saying it's going to go into effect january 1st it's like well, what's the change going to be and how much time the lifters have to prepare for it rather than maybe saying we'll apply January 1st of 2024 or maybe find a way to say we'll test this out first, maybe with lifters, um, maybe in a not, not in a competition. They just test out like having referees sit in, the, in, the, in a at a meet or in a gym or something like that with lifters and see how easy it is to judge this. Do the lifters like it and find some way to... <laughs> Can, can, yeah. can someone just tell Gaston that like we really like the pinky thing? Like, just tell him that. So go and we'll, call, that, call him up. Maybe we'll send him this video. But that's another thing you guys had mentioned is, and, and Shane had started with the whole rules group. I don't know who's in this rules group. It's not on the IPF website. They don't even list this committee on the website. It's just like written in their annual notes. So I don't know who's in this group. But it's interesting that they don't think about contacting of lifters or coaches or anything like that or referees and say what are your thoughts on this or what do you think about this rule change they're just going to make the change similar to uh like usapo with the whole drug testing thing they did not go and like uh email all their lifters and say hey russ what do you think about this uh, drug testing thing what do you think we should do they just made the decision on their own so they're going off of instagram comments but they don't bother to like email all the like you know the world champions or all the head coaches for the teams and see what their thoughts are so who knows what they're thinking and what they're yeah, listening to. So in like the UFC, when you become champion, like you become kind of like a, almost like a business partner, like depending on 
like they will literally like work with you or on your schedule. They'll think about ways to like make the, make things compelling. And like, you know, they, they just, you, you get a little bit of stock in the company, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, with us, we just, they just do whatever. <laughs> even, even if they don't use our information, they should at least try, like send out just like a quick, like, you know, poll to all, all like people who compete at worlds this year and all coaches, Hey, give us your thoughts on this. Maybe they read it. Maybe they don't, but at least like try. I don't, I don't like that at times. Like, okay. I know what my strengths are and I'm like, you know, good at certain things, but people like math people should be like devising like the best possible formula, the best popular, you know, somebody that's really practical, you know, should be coming up with like really good rules and making those changes. I don't like that. You know, it's, it's, I would just like to think that maybe Gaston has like a, like a right-hand man who's like insanely smart, like to think about all these things and, and just like plan it out. Or if, if he's just like, this is my impulse feeling right now. I want to do this thing, you know, and ho hopefully I don't blow up the sport. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, well, it won't be Gaston. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. It won't be just Gaston's idea. And then he puts it through it. it, it there is going to be a group will draft it. And then another group's going to oversee it after that. And I think it's two different groups. So it'll, there'll be some, um, like we're talking, there's going to be people talking like this and being like, well, that's not going to work. And like, there'll be that kind of discussion. What, like, I agree with you. You never want I mean, to be impulse they, one person. They have other committees, like they have an athlete committee and a coach committee and stuff like that. But the issue with those still is one is sometimes people in those committees aren't very uh, involved. Like Gaston has even complained that some people are in committees and don't do anything and they want to like kick them out and replace when people actually do stuff. And two, oftentimes they put their own people that they like in those committees. So it's just like people that are going to agree with them. So it just becomes an echo chamber of like, you're putting people in committees that all have the same ideas as you. And so then everyone has the same idea rather than having like different ideas and they're reaching out to other people. Um, right. But Joe, I, I know Gaston's right hand man and uh, he's not very smart. Oh, God's <laughs> fired. <laughs> Easy, man. This, this podcast is going yeah, out, man. Let's hey, I'm it. still on the IPF, man. Jeez. I'm not any words, uh, <laughs> look, man, I, 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 I mean, see, I was wondering if you not agree with what Aaron just said. So. Yeah. <laughs> redact that, man. Redact. <laughs> the redact points, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what I, what I, another thing that I like about how, like, UFC operates, especially, like, like Dana will literally be like, yeah, I wanted to do X, Y, Z, but the boys talked me out of it or I wasn't, I wasn't down for this and the boys talked me into it. And I like that. It's like, I mean, even me, I mean, if I have to make like a weird decision or if I am like, I kind of feel like my gut is leaning towards something, but I want to like really make sure because it's kind of like a bigger decision, you know, I'll ask Russ or I'll ask somebody who I trust who has a good judgment on things or, or what I do a lot is like, like finding out if someone is um, like a cool person or whatever. Like if they're, you know, somebody wants to come work with me and I'm like, I don't know about this guy. Let me ask someone who knows him. And if they co-sign for them, I feel a lot better making that decision. Same thing with this. If Gaston is going to make a change, he's like, you know what? I kind of feel like I have this idea. He's got to have counsel that he could, you know, talk to and say, yo guys, I'm thinking about changing the bench. What do you guys think about this, 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 and this. And hopefully his counsel like really has their head on straight and they can say, yeah, man, that sounds great. Or they could be like, nah, dude, that's crazy. Like you're going to kill the sport or whatever. So, I mean, I think it's a big decision and I, it's weird because I don't think 
I, voting, I, I genuinely believe that voting is weird because it's like you're having people vote. And a lot of times when people vote, they don't know what they want. They just they, they don't have the ability or the foresight to see into the future or see like what okay if I, if we do X then what comes after X is it going to be Y or is it going to be Z you know what I mean they don't they don't know they just they just vote for stuff and sometimes when you leave it up to the public that doesn't know what they want or the internet like they could ruin it for the people that are actually here you know it like that do this you know what I'm saying so it's just a uh, you got to be like qualified before your vote can count. And I don't know if people will agree with that or not, but it's like, you can't just have, you know, people going out here. Like it's just too much on the line. You know what I mean? Right now we're at a very, sorry. What was that? Uh, well, I was going to say like, that, that's kind of like what she was saying earlier about uh, yeah. like an Instagram poll where he's like, ah, who is that? But also to the point, like uh, Ford, Henry Ford said, if I would have asked the people what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse. They don't know what they don't know. Exactly. Like, like they don't know what the, the vision. So, but you know, you, you, you stay eat, within your council. You know, even you to add a little more pressure to it. We're at a very crucial time in powerlifting right now where it's like, if you don't like this federation, you can go somewhere else. And if the IPF wants to be more, you know, appealing to a lot of people, I mean, obviously Sheffield's going to help, but like they need, like they need to just make the best rules, have the best, you know, have like really professional production, have like a lot of like very, like user friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to give, you got to make like if okay, if they make if they're super fucking compelling and they have all the right like things in the right places. I bet Russ would probably come back. He'd oh, be like, shit. You know what? oh, shit. Oh, Russ like, is on the spot like, now. He's like, all right, yeah, fellas, what the, yeah. what the fuck is... We're all, we're all IPF guys. Russ is like, is this yeah. why I'm on here? Yeah. I, I go, Russ, I'm not even oh, recording. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm yeah, just like, record this. This isn't I even an episode, bro. He's going to go to, like, the biggest... I mean, I don't know. He could interject anytime and tell me, Joe, you're fucking crazy, but I just feel like he'll go where it's going to best, like, serve him in one way or another or be, like... I mean, I'll tell you right now, if IPF gets a fucking ESPN deal, it's over. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> that's not going to happen. But if it did, like, shit, we got to try at least. Joey, what if they, what if the IPF got rid of the approved list right now? Would Russ come back? Well, uh, the approved? <laughs> oh, for equipment? I yeah, I would. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I knew that yeah. was one of the reasons. I'll get my, Maybe, I'll yeah. get my... Go ahead. Yeah, I would come back. Uh, Easy work. But... But 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 Joey, going to what you were saying is they do have a, a rules group. So there are some people in this group that are having discussions. I'm sure one of them is Hani Smith because he's the head of the technical committee. So he's in charge of all the rules and stuff like that. So he knows all the ins and outs. Um, and I don't think they need to like take it to the mass population as a vote to be part of the uh, to actually yeah. make the decision. But just to get like more feedback and more information, like let's say this rule group is not even thinking about no liftoffs. But they, if they had interviewed a bunch of people and they said, man, like there's like a dozen world champions saying we should do no liftoff. It just gives them an idea to continue to have their discussion to possibly make their own change based on them knowing everything. But if they're just not looking at anything else and like they come up with the first idea, oh, let's do you have to have your feet down and your butt down before you get the bar out on rack to you. And they to, that's to, all they, that's that's all they know of. And so that's the rule they go with. They never actually yeah. looked into asking other people for ideas. To play like devil's advocate for my own 
like thought of, of the pinky thing. Um, the only thing that I could really think of is like right now you have a lot of flexibility as to like where you can put your hands. Like I know like I've competed with my every finger on the ring and I've done fine because like I have in, you have injuries. I'm pushing really hard coming into a meet. My pec is really, you know, tight in one position. So maybe I go close grip on me. And, I, and I, honestly, I train every grip. I train close grip. I train dumbbells. I train incline. I train shoulders. Like that's just how I believe that, you know, it's like, why not be well-rounded? So if something happens with one grip or my shoulder's weird from like squat pain or whatever, instead of doing like a closer grip, I could change it to a wider grip. Now, if you limit it to one thing, you still can go inside the ring. You know, you can go super close grip. You can go, you know what I'm saying? You're just kind of taking that away a little bit. I don't think it's the end of the world, um, but it is, you know, I'm just trying to think like, okay, how do I beat myself? You know, like how do I beat my own idea or whatever? It would be that, but yeah. Um, going back to what you said. Yes. I, I don't think the regular, I don't think like, I mean, obviously like, like we need the general populace, but they don't necessarily know like, you know, what's the best thing for them. And I think as long as people that have been around the sport really sit down and think about it and don't just like, you have to be willing to be like, they might have an idea, but as they talk through that idea, be like, you know what? I thought this was a good idea. And, uh, but, but it's not, it's not what's best for the sport. It's just too much on the line. I think Yeah. for the IPF, there's just like way too much on the line. And when you don't do things right, let me give you guys an example. Arian said the thing about the equipment. If there is a, if there is a, 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 if one entity exists and they're like running a monopoly on something and they're very restrictive in the way that they do it and they do it forced, for example, we're going to do a bunch of ex exclusivity deals and that's how we're going to dominate because we got money first and we're just not even going to give other brands a chance. You are going to spawn another brand that will, will like take some of your market share. It may not ever be on the same level, but it will take a little bit of it. And, and now you're just like really creating, you know, like a lot of things happen as a response to something that already exists. Right. So if, if, you, if the IPF screws up, then that leaves the door open for the USAPL to be amazing. You know what I mean? If, if, if USAPL does something and they implement a bad rule or they just go, fuck it, we're going to be, we're not going to test anymore. Well then, you know, the people that don't like those decisions have another place to go. And like, yeah, Ryan, you're saying Russ is the most popular powerlifter. I could tell you just from my interactions with people. And like, when I asked yesterday in my story, I was like, what meet are you guys excited for? It might've been the day before. And like, Everybody was saying Russ's meet. Some people were saying Sheffield, but a lot of people, and I didn't repost them because I don't believe in giving the opposition recognition until they earn it. But a lot of people want to see Russ compete against certain people a lot. They didn't drop no one else, right? A couple of Jessica's in there, but that was like, literally, that was like what, the, you know, he's the guy. Like, in my opinion, there's nobody else that, you know, you'd rather want to watch. So why isn't he in the IPF? He's already done it. He's done it a couple times. You know, it was like, all right, well, you know, it's like they're very, they're very limited in like some of the things he can do, like kind of business wise. I mean, of course, he's going to go to the place that's more free, that's open, that's going to let him do that. And that's tying this back into the bench thing. You just got to do it right. I would say try little changes and be adaptive and see how things go and get feedback. And then as time goes on, you can change it. And yes, the records will be a little different. Um, they might wipe them out and they might start over. I think wiping out records, it kind of, I don't know. It's a weird thing. That's another topic. But if you wipe out records, it's like, yeah, you give more people more opportunities to come in and chase it. 
you still have the record from the last year that will still live there. Um, and people can always refer to that as being like, no, no one's been able to beat this, but you know, when you change the rules, it's a new meta, it's a new thing. And, and everybody has to, to kind of adapt to what's there. All right. I'm gonna shut up now. That was a lot. No, that, (laughs) okay. Quick question off that then fellas, Mm -hmm. let's, let's not do, let's, let's throw out all the drastic changes. Let's make it the easiest rule change of, um, it's the same rule, but instead of index finger, it's pinky. That's it. So it's not an actual, like a massive rule change. Do we need to change records now? Yeah. You do. Okay. I think so. You have, you have to. Any change with grip or position, you have to, you have to change the records, mm. which sucks. How do you guys the more feel? you have abbreviated records, then the more world records everyone has, and the more world records people have, the yeah. less valuable world records are. And the history, when people look at it, they're like, how long is that record for? Well, that's been a world standard for, you know, just started. Like we, the history goes back to six months ago. Yeah, it's. You go ahead. ahead. I'll just say, yeah, it's tough because I'm trying to think about other sports and rule changes, but a lot of times the rule changes are like to make it more open, to make it more like, like scoring for like, you know, not being able to touch the quarterbacks as much. It's so you can have more scoring and be like more offensive stats. And so now the quarterbacks and receivers can break more records rather than being more restrictive. So we're making something more restrictive. So then it's like, okay, you make something more restrictive. Does Eddie Berglund's bench world record just sit there for 30, 50, hundred years because no one else can replicate that with a closer grip and a longer range of motion. Like if you're cl- making the claim that this is not a true test of strength, this is just flexibility, then you take away that flexibility. How long does it take for that true strength to get there, if ever? So for those few records, you may have to reset them. The positive thing is if you reset all, be all of them. Of them. But so I'm saying the positive, the positive thing is if you reset all of them, a lot of them will be broken again because it is by current people and people that can break those based on strength. Like, you know, for like, let's say Amanda Lawrence or like a Bonica or someone like that, they can probably just break that record again for someone like an Eddie or maybe an Owen Hubbard. Like you have to reset it in order for someone with this new standard to be able to break it. Yeah. It'd have to be across the board. You reset, you know, we reset these when we changed the weight classes, not that long ago. Like it just, it, the end, I mean, we're talking, this is like yesterday in terms of how long ago it was in, in like relation to how long the sport's been around and, we don't even think twice about it. Records fall all the time. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a thing if they just do that one change. And, you know, there's a lot of, man, if, if there was, if there was like an executive, you know, like six figure job working at the top and I, and I could work with other guys, you know what I'm saying? I would be, I would be coming up with these roles. We'll get Arian in there. We'll get Brian in there. You know what I'm saying? I'd be, I'd be flying the athletes. over. we'd be having meetings with them. We're making the best possible decisions. And honestly, right now, my gut is saying you do the fucking peaky inside the ring or on the ring, right? Boom. That's it. Do it across the board. Take away the, the handout. You could take it off or leave it. I mean, probably take it out. Could, could come later. I don't know. Right. That would really help a lot. I'm thinking of a lot of lifters right now, even smaller guys that I work with with Omega, like wide grip benches. If I put them pinky on the ring, I mean, their close grips suck. Right. They'll they'll work on that. They'll build that up. And, it, and it's it's you, you race the old records. You do the pinky thing. That's it. And it doesn't have to be a super complicated thing. You know, you and you run it with it for a year and see how people like it. And and that's that. And, and at the end of the day, I mean. You know, you could always go back. 
if it if it's bad. I, I know they've changed rules and and made adjustments before. I mean, I've I've lived through being a 220 lifter, a 198 lifter, and a 242 lifter. And then I had then once they changed it, I was like, well, shit, like now I got to gain weight or lose lose a hell of weight. You know what I mean? So or stay a, stay at 205, and I chose to go up. So and it was just like. Then we change it back, you know, and, and it's, and it's, they change rule. You change rules when they don't serve you anymore. There's no problem with that. And that's kind of like what I, that's what I'm thinking. And if, if, let me tell you, there's going to be like two, maybe three big boys that can't handle the pinky on the ring. Sorry, man. I don't know. Lose weight. I don't know. Like it's, it's harsh. Bro. Here's the thing too. When people say that, when people say like, oh, well, what about big guys? The the IPF weight classes are already saying kind of, you know, F you to big guys. Cause it's like, you're a 120 and then you're unlimited. So you know what I'm saying? Like, what if your natural body weight at like a good body fat percentage is like two, 280, 270, you know, you got a 270, you could do it, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like in, in, we have 275 in the other federation, we have 308, you know, then you have 308 plus, And it just makes it a little bit like you're either going against, you know, somebody who's a 120 or, a 400 pounder, right? Like you literally are not even <laughs> in the conversation. Jump. Yeah. And I know junior lifters that were super heavyweights or, you know, but they were like, they were like not, they were under 300 pounds. And then once they got in the open, they're like, I don't want to gain a hundred pounds. There's no way I'm going to compete with so-and-so I'm done. I'm going to do another sport. They want, they go on to jujitsu or something. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. That's a thing too. I've talked to Mike T about this and we were just like, it's like, you're either, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's a little thing too. So we already alienate lifters. We already screw lifters over with like some of our stuff. So it's, it's, you know, this is not going to be that bit, that bad of a thing. So I don't know. That's, that's my whole thing. Um, I, I fail. I've yet to hear a compelling argument against the pinky thing. And I would love to be wrong. If someone can, can tell me that. Ryan, this is what I was telling you uh, earlier. Like, you you can't find like uh, ways to make the sport like perfect for everyone to fit in. Like we had, like I mentioned to you off air is like some people can't hit d- depth and squat, or you can't lock out your knees or elbows anymore for squat or bench press or deadlift. Well, then unfortunately you can't compete. So like yeah, there may be some people with pinky on the rings that have issues or something like that, and you know maybe it's one person out of the five hundred thousand, but it goes back to like Shane's argument. It's like if you can't change it to like fit every single person, if that, if it's not a big deal, if it's not affecting that big, big, big people, then uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, like Brett Gibbs can't bench anymore. To, to yeah. go off that real quick. Like the reason why, like I like watching the NFL and like pro sports is like, you're seeing the best of the best of the best of the best, right? Not everybody gets to play. The guys on the bench are still infinite infinity times better than the best guy you played in college with you know what i'm saying like it's 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 not always i know i understand power thing is like everybody could do it like include everybody and i get that and everybody could should be able to squat bench deadlift in some in some manner but to squat bench deadlift in some manner at the highest level possible obviously there's some people that are not going to be able to do that and it's like I don't know what they're trying to do with the sport, but I think we just have to, we, we try to, we just make a change that will hopefully like benefit the the viewership and, and move us forward in some way. And it's not only just viewership though. Right. I, I, even if, even if like, I agree with what Shane was saying, like, you know, 
I agree that powerlifting does have some, and Russ mentioned it too, there is skill and there is flexibility and there is technique. Yes, we need all those things. I'm going to be honest, just to hype myself up, I think I'm a fucking phenomenal squatter, right? I think I'm an incredible squatter. I think I have great control, shit like that, right? And it took me years to get there, and then I keep it, and I don't, I don't listen to nobody, and I just do it, right? And, and that's something that I have pride in, you know what I'm saying? But I have to lift the weight, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not a... It's not a, I'm so damn flexible that I could just move, you know, move the bar an inch and, you know, get what I'm saying? Just let's move a little bit closer to strength over flexibility. And you just, you know, you do that and you keep equip lifting with like, you know, keep equip how it is. Don't, you don't have to mess with that. It's, you know, and I think we'll be good to go. So that's, that's, let that's me, my take on it. Let me check back in with Shane, who was against yeah. all this in the, in the initially. Yeah. I'm not saying we changed your mind, Shane. What are you thinking here when, you, when you're hearing about these ideas? What are your thoughts? I still think the pinky is probably the best solution, but I just don't think this is big enough of a problem right now to address a change that could potentially like be very impactful for better or, or worse. We really don't know. Um, yeah, I, I just have it. I, my gripe is like, trying to fix the outliers there's always going to be outliers so even if you bring in the, like a pinky grip i would not be surprised in three to five years you're going to have some eddie Berglund type lifter that's going to have some weird contorted like gut arch with close grip that they probably made they figured it out and made it work like um, that happens in know. main sports though that happens absolutely in big sports too. Yeah. absolutely like it, like they it, change that's the just rule. sport they change the rule for one player that was really good at bending the rule in one way. And, and so, I mean, I don't know. It's like, after the player, it's like, Oh, this is the, uh, this is the Tom, uh, Tom Brady tuck rule. Yeah. The tuck, yeah Tom Brady tuck rule this is like, pretty much the Eddie Bergman bench rule. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. I'm a big fan, but like you're going to get thrown under the bus here. He, he has a sister as well, Shane. Oh, yeah, I know. And she's got a world record. She also has records too. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I think, which like, to Shane's point, now I'm pro a rule change, but to Shane's point, I do understand, like, I am most nervous that if we fucking fumble the ball here, it could be it could be disastrous. And that's where I could see where if you want to be cautious and Shane's like, listen, I got to really think. You do need a guy like Shane in the room, put it this way, who's going to be like, fellas, 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 fellas. Are we sure? Because if we fumble the ball here, if it's not a big enough issue and we think we're okay right now, is it worth fumbling the ball and fucking things up? Um, because like to Joey's point, if you're not in the Fed, yes, you get to shift over to another Fed. But if you are that Fed, you need a guy like Shane in the room to be like, hang on a second, we could lose everybody. If we fumble the ball, they will go somewhere else. So it'd be like, how big of a problem is this? Do we need to make this happen? And um so that's why like a conversation like this, I think to all of our points, we said, hopefully there are in the room, all of us type deals are represented there where you have a Shane, you have a Joey, you know what I mean? God bless. You even have a fucking Aryan message messy. Okay. Uh, but, uh, or, you know, and a guy well, like me and Russ are kind of in the middle, whatever. Well, it is. well I was going to, I was going to counter and say, I still kind of like Russ's idea as well, though, that like, you people are always thinking about this one change as like a in a vacuum like alone but russ is saying like listen you're thinking of a long-term plan of these are the changes you should be doing in the sport whether it's rule changes or other kind of changes to improve the sport and this is just one thing part of that plan to bring it up 
So it's it's not the like, oh, okay, this is only going to affect, you know, let's say 1% or 2% of your current power lifters. It's what does it affect as far as like other people coming in or, you know, other changes you're going to have as well to go along with this to improve your sport and get along the way. So it depends on as a organization, what your long-term plan is, what your goals are and what changes you want to do. And does this fit into that strategy in order to get there? Right. Yeah. I, I think IPF has a little more onus too, because whatever decision or whatever the IPF does in any aspect, it's under a microscope for better or for worse. So yeah. Like, yeah. like so if we change the bench rule and the pinky thing doesn't work, well, I promise you thousands of posts and hundreds of thousands Fuck, of comments yeah. are going to be grilling the IPF again. And then they're going to be on the back foot and then they could have a reactionary uh, policy that either makes it, you know, worse or more problematic or better. So I, I understand that IPF has to really, really slow and like make proper decisions because the internet is a cruel beast. <laughs> yeah. On, on the foot. Just with that, man, like people will adapt. They complain. Like people are, yeah. they, they'll, they'll complain, they'll whine and they'll bitch and they'll moan, but they'll eventually adapt and they'll come to it. I was really watching the legacy documentary with the Lakers and they're talking about how um, the former owner, the uh, former owner of the Lakers, like changed four seats. At first, there were only ten dollars. Changed it to sixty-five dollars, and people like people were like, "What the fuck?" But they started paying for it. So it's just like you're gonna get that initial outcry with any type of chance to do in life. I wouldn't pay. Like you have to understand that when you make those decisions, you're making it for the betterment of the sport, right? So it's like those people that are crying out loud, like they're going to cry a lot with any type of change that you make because they just like to be stuck in that little niche. Right. So you just can't pay attention to like the, the people whining, complaining and like just being very vocal and loud. Cause eventually they're, I mean, they're not going to go anywhere. Let's be real. Like they love powerlifting too much. They just disagree with the change, but they'll eventually adapt and, and uh, acquiesce to whatever uh, rule decisions are made. It is true. Uh, you're right. With like all things in life, how fucking much people just adapt. But initially, there's going to be a big whoa, whoa, whoa. And then in five, 10 years, the people who were there for the change forgot. They're like, they just get used to the new. And our turnover in powerlifting is two to three years, right? Like, we're all freaks that we're still here. We shouldn't even still be here. Most people come and go in two to three years. That's actually the lifespan. So, in two to three years' time, people wouldn't even know. And when they look at old footage, she'll be like, what the fuck? When they see Eddie Berglund, right? And then we, I keep, you know, I feel bad. Eddie is like the <laughs> nicest fucking kid. And I keep saying him. And like, Eddie, if you listen to this, God bless, man. You're a good kid. And like, you earned it. But, um, but people will look back at some of these old videos and be like, holy shit. Um, so yeah. I was gonna I was gonna add to the to Shane though, like for better or for worse, um, for a lot of the other countries, like in the US we have plenty of federations. For a lot of other countries, the IPF is the only federation in town. So you don't like the change, you have nowhere else to go. You learn to adjust and stay in that federation as part of the ministry of sport, you're getting funding from it, and and that's what you do. And then going on to what Ryan said, yeah five or 10 years from now, all the people coming in may have never known that there was a different grip, just like they may have never known there's a different thing with taking your T-shirt shirt off or deadlift for men or stuff like that. Let's say the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I forgot that the rule was back and I don't even think to take my shirt off. Like, I'm just like, I'll just keep it on. Like, I mean, <laughs> can you guys take your shirt off in the USAPL? Yeah, we can. Yeah. For men and women. West over there. And now it's all about who's got the coolest deadlift meat shirt. So it's not. I don't even, like, yeah, I don't even care. I like wearing my shirt. Yeah. I've just become so accustomed to it. Low key. 
I don't want to take my shirt off anymore. So I'm just like, it's not. Russ! The, the one guy <laughs> oh, who could pull it off. <laughs> Dog, you know, I've been on your Instagram. Don't tell me that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, I like to keep my shirt on throughout the whole week. Like, it, it, when I see pictures of me when I was deadlifting, shirtless in, the, in a singlet, those are the fucking dopest, though. I yeah. can't like, it, dude, there's nothing like deadlifting. I don't know. Anyways, it's, it's cool. But I understand too. Like, yeah, become, it's become different. We've evolved now. It's like part of marketing now to have your shirt on and whatever, right? Like specific shirts and brands, et cetera. So it's a marketing opportunity you're going to miss out on. But I also just wanted to say too, for the athletes that are, that are listening to this, like, well, I mean, being part of being part of being an athlete is being adaptable. Um, you have to be able to go with the ebbs and flows of your, your particular sport, right? So um, I feel I like most powerlifters in today's or today's powerlifting, like their first introduction to sports is powerlifting. It's like um, they want everything to be stuck in this way. But just like if you go and look at other sports and other federations or any type of sporting event or whatever, rules change, but the athletes adapt. Like, yes, you're going to complain initially, but if you are a true athlete, like some of the greatest athletes of all time, they've always adapted and a lot of their greatness comes from their ability to adapt. So if you're listening to this and like you have a big problem with the change because it's going to affect the way that you lift, like, I mean, I, I don't want to say suck it up, but like suck it up, bro. Like that's... <laughs> in the show. Suck it up or you, join you. the executive and help make change because we're always looking for people that actually give a shit. So there that's the solution too. I, I, thought she, I thought she was to say, or join equipped where you can use max grip and lift offs. <laughs> Cheat <laughs> legally, right? That's what we do. That's, that's equipped, boys. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, fellas, so are we pretty much, I think we've hit all spots here. Am I missing anything, do you think? Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> off, to- uh, off topic. How do we get raw in the world games? I'm sure it's going to be coming in the, in the next cycle or so. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. Like, oh, I don't think Equipped oh is going to leave, but I think they're going to make room for uh, raw. It just like it's the natural process. It's super popular. It'll it, it'll be there. Don't yeah, it fires me up, brothers. Uh, I guess I'm the I, I guess I'm the only one who thinks it won't get in. I think really? it'll get in. I think it'll get in. I, 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 I think I think the IPF, the executive and stuff like that, want to keep equipped in there. The main reason being to keep equipped alive. If you start taking away all these things from equipped and now Raw has their own worlds, they have their own world games, they have their own Sheffield and everything like that, that is going to hurt the equipped side. And and then the other thing is, I think there's, even though it Why looks would you different. Fight what's that? Why would you fight a force of nature? It doesn't make sense. Because I think they want to have, they want to keep both. Um, they they like the having the options for that. You get more lifters, more world championships, more members, all that kind of stuff like that by having both. If you switch to only raw, you, it's, I mean, I know equipped uh, is small, smaller. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, they're not going to get rid of equipped. I think that they're going to just have room for raw. So there'll be I, the equipped part of world games and then the classic world uh, games. What I do, the reason why I disagree with that is because the IPF doesn't have as much of a say when it comes to the World Games. It's run by the International World Games Association. They're the one who tell you you have this many days, this many times, this many slots. And so if they don't get more slots, then are you going to cut half and half? But we did have- get more slots this cycle. Did like you? We oh, did so well last term that that's why we got an extra 24, I believe, for this World Games. So like, I don't know. Is- Go ahead. 
No, I don't know exactly how much the difference is, but I'm saying, is it going to be enough to add in a full group of raw lifters or are you going to have to cut down on the equip side? Um, the other thing I was going to mention too, even though it looks different and some people may not like see it like, you know, as a, a viewing thing is it is bigger weights. So whether people may not understand it, they may see the bigger squats and the bigger benches and be like, oh, this sport, you know, it, it looks, I don't know, bigger numbers versus if you have smaller numbers, then it may not be, you know, as good looking. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, I wonder, I have a genuine question, like, why does the IPF want to hold on to equipped so much? Like, what are the benefits? Like, why, why is that still something? I think it's because equipped fucking rules. It's a- <laughs> I, I, I just have a genuine question because, like, I look at it as, like, almost like something in business, right? When you're selling a product. So let's say you have a product that you love, right? Let's say um, you're selling a T-shirt and you're like, this T-shirt, I love this T-shirt regardless of like the return that's given me, I'm going to keep selling this t-shirt. I keep having a loss on, I'm only, I'm not sure of like what equip brings and all that kind of stuff, but I always have a loss on this t-shirt. Right. But I have this new product. Um, I have a new, I have this new short, right. It is booming. Like it is skyrocketing. Um, it's just going up. Right. What, why do the IPF, why does IPF want to hold on to equip so much to where like, kind of like what you said, like they want to keep that slot and then kind of like maybe try to, merge it to with uh with raw like is i think so like i uh, shane will have thoughts do you mind if i throw something in there um i i know in other nations it's it's huge but if you were to kind of like joey's saying if you were to like take off equipped and i mean like they could throw a world championships have a thousand lifters show up from all over the world and it's competitive if they close the door on equipped or look like they were leading towards that those people aren't going to disappear. They're going to go somewhere. So kind of like Joey's saying where you can create your next uh, competitor. Somebody's going to collect a shitload of people all over the world. I think in the U S the temperature of the room in the U S is it the temperature of the room in the rest of the world. So in the U S it'll be like, why would you do this? But the IPF being 120 nations and so strong all over the world, the infrastructure of the IPF, in all of these other nations, 120 nations with like government funding and everything, some of these nations are heavy unequipped. And if they have, and the reason why like the USCBL could leave, come, go, do whatever the hell they want, and the IPF will be like, we are infrastructure globally and we will never be going anywhere. Like no single nation is going to change the IPF, throw it on its ear because it's like 120 nations, government funded, you know, it's, it's just part of it and equipped. If you think about it, it's not like this in the U.S. You won't see it, but you'd have to appreciate the fact that like some nations, it is directly deep rooted inside the federations and um, and it's still big and it's big enough that like to have to have a for really real world championships, have a for really real global events. And if they ever close the door on that, that could be a massive impact globally inside the u.s you guys would be like wow it's not major but like um and i respect that because you wouldn't see it but like globally the impact these people are going to go somewhere somebody else is going to pop up fucking some other global fed and be like come to us and then all of a sudden it's like uh like the whether government funding goes out like how many athletes do you have again because you're this Ukraine's athletes just split in two into or Russia or whatever, you know, there's a new fed and they took. So all of a sudden different things will start going. So they have to, like when you're Gaston, this is where you get stressed out. They have a global sense that all of us don't know we see in the certain nations we're from. And they're like, 
trying to weigh, if we make this decision, what is the bigger overarching impact for all of us? So they know USAPL could do whatever they want, but as long as they have equipped and USAPL doesn't have equipped, you're coming to the IPF. You know, they have that. So well, they what, I, what I don't get is like, okay, th- this is just where my brain is at, kind of going off of what Russ was saying. California, right? We're not, I'm in LA. Like, powerlifting doesn't exist here. It's just bodybuilding, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm like the... I don't know. Like I, all the powerlifters at my gym are like, I brought them there. Right. It's like a little community that we have now, but aside from that, they're very few and far between. California is the fifth biggest economy in the world. How do we get California? Like USA is where all the major sports, you know, UFC is global, but it's a, it's a lot of USA. It's right. Uh, I'd say UFC does it like probably the best with like their diversity, just having like tons of Brazilians, tons of Russians, you know, China, everything. Um, NFL, obviously America, NBA, obviously America, um, soccer, not America. Right. Is, is powerlifting like, like, is it like soccer where like, yeah, the USA tries to participate, but the talent is just better in other places or, you know, the whole other side of the, of the United States just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you know, about lifting and, and maybe they will one day, maybe, maybe they will, um, you know, get bigger there because I think, I don't know what the IPF values because I don't know like how they make money or, or how that works, but I just feel like there's a huge market that they haven't tapped into that they don't mess with. Powerlifting is like bigger on the East coast, right? Midwest, East coast, stuff like that. Um, and you know, I just, a part of it part of this is like because i know some of the ideas behind like when they're making picks for sheffield right you want representation is it more important to have representation from a lot of different countries or is it more important to have the people that have the biggest names even if they're all like hyper concentrated in one place you get what i'm saying um and then i yeah. go ahead ran uh well i was gonna like in- <clears throat> some of deviating and shane i do want to get back to your thoughts on equipped at some point here but um yeah. In terms of representation, it's, it's like, it's a good question in terms of like Sheffield or something like that. If we're talking like, that's kind of different in terms of, uh, what we were talking about just straight up the sport, they want to grow the sport in every which way. So it's not condensed in just one particular nation for the IPS health. So that no one single nation is going to be powerful enough to bully around and whatnot. For sure. I think it'd be better to have a strength of many, many nations. And, um, like for instance, if you turn on, you know, like, you know, massive nations in the Olympics who have massive Olympic lifting, like China comes on board and all of a sudden it's, holy shit. Like the, it depends on where you could see markets growing. Right. Um, but so uh, that's a little different than saying if you're holding a one particular event, like say a Sheffield and should they worry about representation around the world or should they worry about, um, just getting the best of the best. And it doesn't matter like, where they're coming like from. Like if equipped is a world thing, it's more of a world. It's right. I mean, right. You know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know what makes the IPF tick because if it was just like, you know, selling SBD belts, which obviously that's SBD, that's not, um, that's not like a IPF thing. I don't, I don't think they benefit from that. Maybe indirectly then I would I would understand more what they're going for because there's just a lot of things in powerlifting. Like, for example, 
why don't they contact the the lifters or people that are prominent impactful in the sport to make important decisions that they think can make it better why don't they you know do things that are going to make my only thing with equipped is and i don't really think anybody can argue this if i have a 16 year old kid that wants to get into powerlifting and i tell him you need to go buy a bench shirt and a bench suit and deadlift suit and all these things he's not gonna have the money for that it's not it's not as inviting as to anybody could just lift raw you know go get a belt you don't even need a belt really you go know ahead, but okay but then the 16 year old will show up at a local meet with full a7 or full sbd kit that's seven to eight hundred bucks they could have bought a, a bench shirt i don't think that argument is valid for equipped i think the real thing is equips hard it hurts it's like a thousand it's annoying dollars to do a full <sighs> equip. yes no 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 it's not a thousand no it's not it's okay, I can buy right. a bench shirt for like a hundred bucks and one squat suit for 150. There you go. Three hundred dollars all in. That's but my is, kit. Is it gonna be the top stuff or is it just gonna yeah. be what you can get? There's lots of used stuff of like the higher of like the good quality tight stuff that's floating around. You just have to look for it. I don't think the money thing is a valid no one really complains about money these days anyway. Like when meat fees go up, people pay them. People pay three, four hundred dollars for an SBD belt. So I, I don't find that argument to really work now. Maybe three I or four years ago. I definitely think it works. <laughs> well, if, yeah. if you want to go the equipped route, here's the I thing. I deal with like, kids all the time. It's like, it's like uh, a, it's not even a, it's not a, it's not even a, it's not even how, something people ask about. Like how much, how much do, so how much do wraps cost, Joey? 80 bucks. 30 to 40. And you could get yeah, yeah. The yeah, top, yeah. the top, the top of the line knee wraps are all like thirty to forty bucks. Ends or knee sleeves are like four times that price. I mean, Which even if I don't, even if I do nothing, like I'm going equipped. I got an email from USAPL the other day saying that a lot more people are asking about raw. They don't have anyone to coach equipped. They they're trying to get yeah. more people that want to learn how to help with equipped and at, yeah. at meets. That is more of a major issue is like yeah. Shane knows equipped, but he has to physically teach people so that's, that they know that. That's how the biggest roadblock is like you have to physically be there to like help guide someone to equip you can do raw online very well it's like saying the brick and mortar stores are gonna outlast like amazon <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like the world the world is is, is is moving in that direction and i think and i think if there was a popular equip lifter you know that was like on the internet that was popping off i just can't even see it happening i just really can't even see it like like happening. I know, I know that equipped is a lot of people's baby. They're going to be biased towards it and they really want it. And I think in high school, like if you're in high school and that's something that your high school offers and they, the teacher can teach you and you can be a part of a team. I think that's fine. That's great. That's an activity. When I was in like freaking band in middle school, they let you, you know, they give you the equipment. When you play high school football, they give you the equipment. That's totally fine. And I think in that capacity, um, equip lifting can be, can still thrive there and be in a, a great thing in, in school and maybe, you know, move on to college and maybe you can get a scholarship for lifting equipped. I'm pretty sure you can. Um, and that's perfectly fine. It's just like, you know, for the random person, like a random gym bro going from a random gym bro, it's a lot easier to just have them watch Russ on YouTube and then get into powerlifting versus have them, you know, have no idea what anything is and then go all the way to equipped. Like it's usually people that, got into sure. it in school or something like that but yeah. like low barriers of entries shouldn't be the deciding factor of like whether something should live or die or like be a sport or not no but i think i'm not saying i'm not saying take it away i'm saying the market is deciding for them whether they like it or not oh you, you're right like raw yeah. is gonna like 
skyrocketed uh, powerlifting population across the globe. But back to like equipped, the equipped world championships, the like the amount of athletes that attend are pretty much comparable to the those that are going to uh, classics. The juniors, obviously, there's a huge discrepancy, but open, it's pretty much the same numbers. The competition is just as competitive. There is no freebies at the uh, equipped worlds at all. Um, I think like with Russ is like why the IPS focuses. I think it's more of a traditionalist. It's been around like the end result is to move the most amount of weight. I mean, really raw is moving towards that way. Anyway, we just legalize those Inzer knee sleeves. You can't at me that those don't help and add kilos to people's <laughs> They squats. rip a lot. They actually Hell yeah. They sure they rip, but they're still adding kilos. Like, so like the circle of life of, of pallets is they want to maximize, you know, the equipment they have. So it's. That is an interesting point because the SPD belt did change the game. It, like, dude, it get, I'm going to be honest. It, get, it literally gave me like 30 pounds on my squat. Like, in, <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's, that's awesome. Like, that, yeah, and I'm like a longer torso person. I'm also not like super shredded, so it's not, you know, I'm gonna benefit more from a super heavy duty thick belt like that. Whereas like a a smaller, leaner guy might not get as much of a difference. But yeah, I mean that's that that is an interesting thing. I have had a lot of people switch off the inserts just because there's a lot of like if I had a guy mid squat and one of them busted and he got hurt and it was like, brother, you better hit them up, tell them to give your money back, and we're going back to. SBDs. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the equip thing. It's just interesting how on the international stage, certain things are like super fucking popular. And it's like, you know, also me and Russ, like we live in America and our minds are kind of like capitalists. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're more trying to think about like, like how do you get like more eyes on things? How do you make things bigger and better? And like, what are people willing to, 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 to pay for it? It's like, dude, it's crazy. Like, piloting equipment i freaking you know i have the same competition shirt that i make all the time and i literally just slightly change the color it sells out instantly it's like kids people love equipment so i don't know maybe they make a bench shirt that's like super cool and like like i don't know and it gets everybody into it and it's like super easy to put on but it still gives you a lot of support i don't know if that technology exists but like i don't know it's it's i don't think the equip should like die like it should just be an option it could be an option, like, like give people the choice and let the market decide. And that's what literally that's, that's what's happening. But like I said, equipped in school, you want to learn a new skill. You know, you want to have the guidance to do it. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I know lifters that as an equipped lifter, powerlifting is a completely different experience for them and it's great for them and they're relevant and it's fun and like they could do great with it. Right. And that be, and then I know those same guys tried raw and they got smashed and they were super depressed all the time and they hated it. And it's like, that's fine. If you, if you can be technically good at something like that, that niche is there for you. And I just like, I literally have like, I think he's like the best lifter in Taiwan. And he just, uh, like he wanted to do an equip meet with me. We just did a raw meet. And I was like, brother, I'm gonna be honest. I don't do that. And like, you go ahead and do your equip thing and I'll be here when you come back. Cause it's just not, it's just not something that I, you know, it, it, it's just not, it's, it's a lot more. It's a lot more. I wouldn't feel comfortable even attempting to dive into that world on the internet when, you know, you got to have like four guys with you to put a shirt on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a tough thing. It's, I don't know. I don't know how we got to equip, but well, going back well, to the bangles. It, no, it's a good discussion. I, I want to well, say something. Go ahead. Okay. I'll throw it back to you. Mary. It's like, sorry. But um, 
a that was really humble of you and it's good to be like look at man my, i don't like in terms of getting you ready for equipped not really my thing so hats off to you for for saying that uh takes yeah. conf takes confidence insecure people always think that like they think i have to have every answer a secure person's like not my area i'm gonna point you somewhere else but anyways back to the point of um it's like a, i understand what you and russ are saying and um it is a balance because it's almost like you have resources so you tell yourself kind of like Russ has been saying, if you have an, an area and you, well, I think all you guys are saying this, but if you have an end goal, what's your 10 year plan, five year plan. If you're putting money and attention, et cetera, an opportunity towards to reach the end goal, are you giving money, time and slot allocation to equipped or not equipped? Essentially is what we're talking. Right. And that, but there's, so I understand that. And, um, if you got the feeling like, look at if we honestly are going to get onto, if their mandate is Olympics, do you think you can get equipped onto the Olympics or do you think it's going to be classic on the Olympics? Whatever the shit you roll that way or ESPN, or if it's just global expansion or whatever, but then there's the flip side. So I do know what you guys mean. Cause there's only so much you can give out, right? Like world games. You could be like, we have 24 slots. Do we make it 50, 50 to hang on to the equipped world? Or do we go fucking all in on raw? and see what happens, right? Where it's kind of the same discussion we're having in terms of the bench but, rule change. On the flip side, there is infrastructure in place where there's probably more equipped alive around the world than, we, than we're thinking if we're yes. from North America, that you would be throwing away a fucking huge chunk of lifters and infrastructure, like I said, and their impact could be massive that we don't foresee. So there's got to be a balance where it yeah, can't, I mean, can't be all yeah. in on one. Outside of like North America, like equipped is still like Strong. very recognized, very popular. Like when I was in Czech a few years ago for Worlds, there was literally giant billboards of Semenekov on the highway. And he's an equipped guy that won World Games. So like equipped champions in Europe are like celebrities. Maybe not all of them, maybe not to that extent, but they're they're definitely like far more recognized than in North America. So I think that's definitely a, a, like a gap is North America is definitely all about raw. But Europe and, the, and on the other side, equipped is still has a good market share. Will it have that, that market share forever? Realistically, probably not. Raw will slowly, you know, continue to consume all of Palatine, which is great. Like, but um, I think just like legacy wise for IPF and Really, as a fan, if we're talking about like a, a fan experience, what's cooler? Thousand pound squats to depth or 600 pound squats to depth? I mean, uh, but we like, got raw guys that could do that now. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like raw is raw's moving big numbers too. But like, I, I mean, the, the amount of the, the frequency of big numbers is more, is more consistent at the world's for equipped than yeah. say, uh, classic. I, I also think that if the, I mean, guys like Ashton that can go into an equip me and just win, maybe not at the world level, but like, I don't think that's good for equipped like that. A raw guy could just literally just win raw. Um, oh my God, Ryan, you were saying something and I totally lost my thought, but I don't know. Maybe it was do you want me to tell you my points again? And but, but, or Erian, what, what were you going to say? Uh, maybe I was just going to, I was going to add on to what Shane was kind of saying as far as like the, the structure of the IPF is like, uh, you know, Russ and Joey might be thinking at like the national level or local level. Like, for example, California, even Florida is probably like 99% raw, 1% equipped. But the thing is, the IPF gets no benefit off of that. They're not making any money off of that. So, if you're thinking at it from like a business standpoint, 
The IPF makes money off the international stage. And currently, they're offering the same amount of world championships and the same amount of slots for both. So let's say equipped in total gets 100 spots, raw gets 100 spots, they're going to fill up both of those 100 spots, and they're going to make money off it. So if you take the equipped away, you're taking away 100 spots now from the IPF for entry fees, doping fees, and also the sponsors or equipment manufacturers. So like Titan probably makes more money off the equipped side than the raw side since Titan's like the top for equipped lifting. So if you take away the equipped lifting, now Titan's going to be like, well, we lost a bunch of our income. Do we try to produce more raw stuff? Do we stop sponsoring the IPF and losing that? So you can't be just taking away equipped. You have to, again, have a strategy, a long-term plan of, should we add in more raw slots now to the world championships? Should we now let like US to send double the size of our team or let Canada send double their size of our team and send more competitive lifters to fill in the gap of losing the equipped lifters? You have to think of it like that kind of business aspect is how can you add on to it? But well, I don't know. I don't know if you can. I was just going to say, like, I was looking at the schedule for Ryan for Junior Worlds coming up, and, like, a lot of your sessions are going to be 8 a.m. morning session, 2 p.m. midday session, 7 p.m. night session to be oh, able to fit in all those raw juniors and sub-juniors. So now days. you're going to take away the equipped lifting and bring in more raw lifters. What do you do? Do you go, you know, two, two weeks long to try and fit all these raw lifters in there to be able to keep bringing the same income? Dog, I'm done. I mean, whoever whoever's paying the IPF to benefit off the international stage, the way that I see it is like views or money. If they don't know how to make money from views, I mean, they got to fix that. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, Ryan, what happened when Ronda Rousey came into MMA? What happened to women's oh, fighting? Yeah, exploded it. Yeah, right? Made, made it something. Okay, you're not going to tell me, right, that, that like a Jessica – that could deadlift almost 600 pounds with abs and still has a girly face like that is compelling and it fucks with like the norm and it gets people it gets gym bros going what the hell I, i'm not that strong i suck who's this, who's this girl you know it just it just it's so disruptive and then you have a guy like russ who's they're like what this guy's a power lifter he looks like a bodybuilder at the end of the day if you're building whatever you're building off uh, you know off the backs of like super compelling people I don't see why that wouldn't just whatever business model is behind that. It could be a huge, big thing. So a powerlifting, what I don't understand is like, I know that certain, I, I can't say too much, but like, let's just, just say, say it like I do. Just No, I can't. No, I can't. no, don't say it like Arian. Like certain, certain people, I can tell you Ryan off air, but it's like certain people get benefits based on, you know, like, okay, Sheffield selection, right? Like, there's a huge discussion over, do we pick the guy that's going to move the needle and he's got the clout and he's got the everything behind him and the, the story, whatever? Or do we have the guy who's like a regional qualifier who got like fifth place from some country nobody knows about who's got like a thousand followers? You get I what think, I'm saying? But, but I think Sheffield's different. Like, the way you should see it more is like, a world championship typically in sports is representative of like all countries. So even if like track and field, you may have two Jamaicans there, you're still going to have runners from other countries that are representing for Olympics. It can be more just like the top lifters, like for weightlifting oftentimes U S weightlifters don't even make it because they don't qualify. They take the top people. Sheffield's completely different. It's just a sponsor 
throwing on an event for fun and they're saying, well, if we're going to throw hundreds and thousands of dollars at this thing, we can run it however we want. Just like if Russ is going to run the corrupt strength meet, he can run it how he wants because it's his I meet mean, using his money. So I don't think a, you can use that as an example. It's a business. It's a business entity behind Sheffield, though, and I know they want to make money. So how can they if they're putting out that money, they have to make money. So how are they going to make money? I mean, views are money. Now, maybe for them, I mean, they want to get market share from this super unknown place. And, and for, I don't know, uh, for the Olympics, it's like, if you're at the Olympics, you can build a following off of that because the world understands what it is to be an Olympian. You, you're, you're the best, right? If you knock out the best guy, you get 500,000 followers overnight. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, you know, that is a, is a byproduct of being a part of a greater entity that has a lot. So that's different, right? But for powerlifting, it's backwards. The lifters that are popular come to the sport. The, the, the influencers, those people, they get into the sport and then, you know, once they do well in the sport, yeah, they can grow their following, but it's hard to, powerlifting isn't like super big to the point where like, like, you know, if you win world, I mean, I know some guys, man, they win nationals and nobody even cares. Like it's yeah. sad. It's, you know, and then other people, cause they have a personality because they're relatable because they're, you know, they're, they have something that people like to see, you know, they, they beat somebody or they. I'm going to tell you guys some of the most Im important like pivots of powerlifting. Like there was powerlifting before this time. And after when, when John hack beat Brett Gibbs, that changed our lives. Like I, there's like so few events that, that were like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, it was, it was just like that whole audience that Brett brought with him is now, you know, looking at watching like me and John, you get what I'm saying? And it's like, what, what can equip like how how what incentivizes the young lifter to get into equipped to go after that glory to go after that honor to win I'm, you know what's sad what's also sad to me and like that like backwards there's lifters that win the world games and nobody freaking knows about it like nobody even like like what did he, i didn't even know that was happening you know like i have to I have to show people like oh look this is the world games and they're like what is that i was at um pa nationals with chloe dublin and she was telling me how she like was literally changing her whole life to do the world games. And like nobody that was there knew what it was. Nobody knew what it was. And that's just backwards to me. That's wrong. Powerlifting ain't doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I don't know, dude, it's just a, I, I mean, feel like we, I feel like we're doing the work. Like this podcast, Russ's existence, like you know, the discussions I'm having behind the scenes with these entities. It's just like, we gotta, I don't know. Something's wrong. Something's broken. I mean, I do it, know it's, what you it's, mean. it's, it's it's similar with the Ross side. Like, I mean, there's plenty of people who don't know who Chandler Babb is and don't follow her, even though she's won two worlds now. It just happens to be that for like equipped, it's a smaller pool of people watching than Raw, but Raw is a smaller people people group of people watching than basketball or football or baseball and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, there are people I, I, I was trying to think of that came into Powell thing and got bigger followings, like a Taylor Atwood, uh, Ray Williams, Jess yeah, Bittner, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Kristen Dunsmore, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a smaller sport. I mean, like in USAPL, the highest they got was 23,000 members out of 330 million people. So it's still very small. It's just, oh, man, I do know small. what Joey's point is. So I think at, to a certain point, the powerlifting federations themselves aren't optimizing when you have like ambitious people, like to Joey's point, in terms of the infrastructure, Russell Orhe is a young, ambitious dude who's figured some shit out. 
he should be involved in some conversations to help them figure shit out with some ideas. Even yeah. like um like the whole King of Lives concept with media is now trying, you know, other people are are hopping on, but like in terms of like commentating, podcasting in a social media outlet where you show up for meet results, whatever the shit. That initially just happened because there was nothing else going on like that. And it was like, now the people are like, oh, this is a good idea. But it's like, we start figuring things out and aren't necessarily now to IPF's point, I get like I am working with the IPF. So they are here and there, but not quite, not quite like uh, grabbing a guy like Russ and being like, we see what you're doing with the YouTube. We see what you're doing. Like just overall, he's got a whole media team now. Let's sit down with this young guy and freaking let's get on this. I think to Joey's point where we have resources we're not quite diving into uh, and maybe pulling from them. I, I do think like to SPD's point, they are doing a good job of Sheffield by like, you know, talking to a bunch of people and behind the scenes and getting it. But me yeah. a step up the federations. Now I know like it's more complicated. I'm sure when you're li- sitting in the windows federations, but I, I, you know, you could be like, if you're a federation, well, just step up if you want to be a part of it. Yeah, but there's also some onus if you're the federation. Fucking approach some people. Go in there. How much does it mean to you? My comment yeah. with, with that would be, like, one thing to consider, and I don't know if this is how USAPL or PA runs, but, like, in CPU, it's all unpaid. Like, I get a tiny little stipend a year, and I yeah. can tell you that it, I get I have a lot more work than the, than the stipend. So there's tons of great ideas, and when it comes down to it, mm. if you're asked, Hey, like, I, like Russ, I want to do like a, a digital documentary and we're going to hype up your whole training to the, to your next meet. That sounds great, but you need someone to actually do that. And that someone that has that position is unpaid, has a job, you know, has hit their own That's training, tough. their own their own hobbies. And then like your, it goes down the, the priority list. Like I can tell you, like my, my business took, has taken a big hit because I have to spend most of my time dealing with CPU stuff. And I like it. I took the role. That is what it is. But the context is like a lot of these roles for these, for the administrators and the infrastructure, most of them ain't getting paid shit. And they're doing a lot of work that's behind the scenes. And sometimes you get burnt out and you say, screw it. Like, I just don't want to take on this project that would benefit greatly, but you know, you just got to like prioritize your own things. So like, th- that's definitely one unfortunate thing. If we can get to a point where, the people that are making decisions maybe may have a little more financial wiggle room. So then they can spend, like if I got paid appropriately, I could spend 40 hours a week getting shit straight, but they ain't paying my mortgage. So that's right. definitely one thing I, I think is kind of forgotten. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think there's, there's definitely lots of missed opportunities in terms of like promotion with uh, the IPF and even other like national federations. Um, but, but as from my perspective, as my role, it's really um, challenging to kind of wade through the social media because like one one wrong comment, one maybe like incorrectly phrased post and my uh, inbox is blown up. And uh, so like there's. It, it's different for you. Guys. It's, it's yeah. different. It's, it's, it, it, it's an admin complaining kind of thing. But like there's it's it's not as easy as kind of I think some people like think. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I think that you got to be this is why, like, I value the opinions of the young boys. Like, you know, uh, you know, me and Russ, we got we got some youngins around us that that are in tune with the TikToks. Russ is all, all Russ is like a social media like master. I mean, I'm over here in L.A. We got 
influencers around me all the time. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a powerful tool and I feel like powerlifting doesn't really utilize it. And it's usually the lifters that are kind of bringing people in. Um, and you know, Arian or Ryan, I don't know which one of you knows, but so like, say you use APL, for example, right? USAPL. So SPD is a little bit more incentivized to do stuff like that because they literally sell products and the, like, there's no reason why they shouldn't be like hyping this sport up to another dimension. And I believe that that's coming. Um, well, at least, I mean, I've, I've been told it's coming and I'm excited to see that. Um, but like USAPL, they give it, you know, their budget for tournament winnings or whatever. Um, I think if instead of giving out like a bunch of little prizes, like if you're giving a thousand dollar prize at nationals, yeah, that's fine. But why not just make it like a couple, like you have one or two meets where you give away all the money and then you take the rest of the money and you invest that into advertising those meets, advertising the big competitions, advertising, you know, create, create like, you know, content, like following like prominent lifters in the sport, just make some sort of auxiliary content that can help just get more people to come into the sport. And I think that would just take everything to another level. You get a bigger budget, you get more memberships, you can continue to scale like that, or you can continue to have your little sport the way that it is. And it's just going to be what it is. And the passion for lifting will always be there, you know, and, and it never has to be like this big grand thing. And there are some people that said like, yo, powerlifting will never be that. And like, you're looking at it the wrong way. And I get that, but in my, I've all, I'm always like a shoot for the stars guy. Like, just, just try, like, just try the big thing. And if it, you, you never know, like, you might get it. Like, when I first came into powerlifting, I was like, I want to, you know, I never thought I would lift the weights that I lifted. And I didn't ever, like, I, I kind of always knew that I could make a world champion, but I didn't know it would happen that fast. And then I just kind of, I just went with it and it, and it worked. But there were a lot, I was not welcomed. You know, I was not like everybody was like, oh, hey, man, come on down to powerlifting. You know, it was like, no, who is this new guy? No, fuck this guy. We're going to beat this guy. And then, you know, you got to, you got to kind of like earn your, earn your stay. So I just think you, USAPL can be, maybe they're moving in the right direction. Maybe they're having these talks behind the scenes. Um, I know right now, like I'm telling you guys, it's a race between the IPF and USAPL to make the most compelling product. And guys like Russ are watching this, right? I have, I have lifters that are watching this. John Hack would still be here. I promise you, I freaking guarantee you, John Hack would still be here if a Sheffield existed in 2017 and 2016. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. He said that. We're going yeah. to lose, lose our guys to the next thing if it comes out. Now, at that time, you know, they had the U.S. Open giving away 40 grand, you know, and that went, went on for a couple of years and that was something compelling to him. So he's like, all right, I want to go do that and be like kind of like a prize lifter. And it's just someone's gonna win and i mean i, I to me like I, I i benefit from whoever wins like i i i can you know it doesn't it doesn't it's not like i'm really wanting one thing over another i see the merits of both sides i'm really right now very much intrigued there's two meets that i'm super excited for we have a meet that russ is putting on in november that i'm super excited for that i handpicked some heavy hitters to get in there to make this meet great he's they got a bunch of people doing it you know gia who's running it is amazing Da, 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 da. And then the next meet after that is Sheffield, right? I am, I am like super hyped about two, two of those meets. And that's the cool thing about USAPL is you can make it like right now it's flexible. You can make it whatever you want to make it. Russ could go crazy with it. He could, he could make it as big as he wants to make it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it's, 
it's it's one of those things where like I I bet you I people are telling me like they're more excited for rest with me than the Arnold. Like how is that? You know, because the lifters make the meat, right? The, the the compelling lifters make the meat. So I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of potential. Um, we're kind of moving in the right di- right direction. We have been just like tirelessly putting out like this this content, and I've just been talking to people about this constantly. And and it's it's I think it's gonna happen. Um, SPD has shown little signs here and there. They flew some guys out to record Keiko. He did a little interview. Um, like they, and th- that was great. And then it got picked up by the news in his town. And that was like a great thing. And they need to do more of that. And, and I think there's, there's a way to do it. I think it's going to be good. And, um, you know, hopefully like a rising, was it rising tie lifts all ships? Like what th- it's going to be like, wow, like that was an amazing product X federation did. And now it's up to the other federation to respond or just let that one run off with it. So I don't know. That's, that's the vision guys. That's the, that's what I'm looking at. So Joey, are you going to Sheffield? Yes. Ooh. I'm going. Uh, uh, but what else go? Go? uh because then you have to resign from USAPL. I'll what do it. I'll do I'll keep doing whatever I gotta do till someone bans me. And then they gotta go out of their way to do that, and then there's gonna be a fuss. So uh, but even I think if they some... ban me, I've already learned I can exist. I can exist in the ether. I don't even need to be physically there. I just <laughs> Dude, that's why we don't even see his face. He's, that's space. why he's blocking out his face. We're going to forget what he looks an, like. I'm just <laughs> an entity, brother. I'll send, I'll send a henchman there. I'll send, I'll send one of my... I'll give the keys to my Lambo to Ivy like last time. Jo- Joey's like the watcher living between multi between the different right, universes. <laughs> That's uh, right. But- Every podcast now, Joey's not going to show his face. He's going to become like a fucking just uh, almost something you hear about, but you never see, you know? But, <laughs> but, but what I was going to say, Joey, is some of the issues you're mentioning and some of the things Shane's even saying is, I, I guess these are issues with just nonprofit organizations in general, like USAPL is a nonprofit. A lot of the other national federation are nonprofits. Let's make a profit. You're, you're always struggling, uh, but I think the IPF is the one pushing for them to be nonprofits. It's like you're always struggling, one, to have revenue, and two, relying on volunteers and having enough volunteers. So you're always like on that line of having enough referees and having enough money to keep the organization afloat and pay for drug testing and all those other things. And the other thing I think is the political side, which happens, I think, with lots of sports, as you've seen with uh, weightlifting and some of these other sports that have major issues, gymnastics, and also just like U.S. politics in general, too, is like when it becomes so political, it's hard to then have a big change. Like those people who have the control now and they want to keep the control, like when it comes to U.S. politics, the incumbents win a very high percentage of the time. When it comes to like the USAPL, I've looked at like the history of the executive committee, the incumbent wins a very high percent of the time so once those people are in power they stay in power they run things the way they want and then it's hard to convince them to like hey reach out to a joey reach out to a russ reach out to a bryce crotchek and just have ideas like discuss things see if there's anything interesting they don't want to listen to us i think it's a, a thing is like trying to struggle like hey listen to lifters and coaches no we're the ones in charge we're just going to run things the way we want sometimes though when like some lifters address concerns they didn't they may not do it in the most welcoming manner like yeah. you know like <laughs> sometimes sure. instagram posts make it more challenging for an administrator to reach out and kind of like start that discourse like i agree if we had more athletes um like pooling more ideas it, it'll all it's all better the athletes are the ones on the platform they know the sport yeah better, and than, I'll, I'll, better than like the admins 
I'll piggyback off that sentiment. Like, I feel that I've never hourly gone out of my way to disrespect the IPF or USAPL. I've never, like, I've never said anything. I don't think, like, maybe, I don't think I've ever said anything, like, super disrespectful. Like, I'll disagree with some things here and there um, and say, like, hey, I would like to be able to have my people come backstage and film for me um, or something like that. But I would never, like, go out. And I've, I've talked to some people about this, too. Like, there is a way to talk and get your point across without being, there's no need to be disrespectful. Cause when, whenever you're disrespectful, now you're just involving someone's ego, ego. It's not even an argument at that point. It's like, now you disrespect me. Now I'm not even listening to what you're saying. So if you're a lifter and you have something that you want to say that opposes whatever federation you live, uh, you lift for, be a politician. You can't just be like, you know, um, oh, the USAPL is fucking stupid. I don't know who runs this play. Or I don't know who runs this federation. Like, you can't let me film my my, my content. Like, y'all are fucking stupid. Like, you can't go about it like that. It has to be more political, more, de- uh, not democratic, but. Uh, diplomatic. Yeah, diplomatic. diplomatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you just got to, like, kind of, like, ease your way in. It's like, yo, like, let's say you want to get more media. Hey, man, like, I think it would benefit the sport a lot if we're able to get more cameras and, like, get more content with lifters or maybe – I don't want to get too much into it, but as a lifter, you don't want to like become an enemy of the Federation because now any, you might have valid points, but it's not going to come across proper. If you're like in a very disparaging way, because no one's going to, no one's going to hear that shit. You're talking to human beings, bro. Like you're involving an ego. We start disrespecting them. So you're not going to get your point across. Some people, yeah, they're fucking tone deaf or they, they don't realize it's like, you're talking to a person, man. If you start a conversation with you're an idiot, listen, and then you then you're gonna give your point. Yeah. The dude's not listening to you after that. The guy. I mean that that's that's the minority, right? Like it's not too many people. I mean, honestly, a lot of powerlifters are not um not the smartest sometimes, and they're very emotional, and they do say things that they probably hopefully didn't mean, and it's not good for stuff. Um, but you know, you just gotta kind of. I mean, even if if someone is yelling nonsense and they have a point, you might listen, but, but it takes the patience to be able to lit to, to, to take that feedback. Now, if they're yelling nonsense um, and they're just saying stupid shit, then it's like, okay, well that doesn't move the needle. That's not going to help us. And yeah, the budget thing's hard. Now, Shane in the CPU, don't you guys have like a bunch of different, like little provinces or divisions or, or uh, like, it's not just the CPU governs everything. It's like a, each little section has its own rules. Yeah. So like every province basically manages themselves. Like the CPU is just there to like, make sure like IPF stuff is followed and we're doing more like federal contracts and stuff, but we don't, we don't have a say in provinces. So the province runs a meet a certain way, or they choose a different policy. It's out of our scope. Like everyone's kind of like autonomous in that sense. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Cause it's like, you know, if I have like three different lifters in the CPU and one of them's like, I have to volunteer at X meets, each year or I have to compete, whatever, whatever this and that. So you have all the, you know, you have all these different rules now and it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing. And especially when, um, the budget thing is not there. Like I get emails all the time from USAPL asking like, Hey, we need refs for this. Hey, we need spotters for that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's a tough thing. And that's, that is a, uh, that is a obstacle that, that comes along with being a uh, you know a nonprofit, but but I'm pretty sure I think it was uh you know just going back to the viewership thing, I think I, I don't maybe Russ knows, but there was a meet that Russ was competing at. It might have been 2019 nationals. It might have been worlds. I don't remember, but the live stream hit like 
like five figures. Like it was crazy. Right. And that could have been monetized somehow. I don't know. Like if you go to a sponsor and you say, Hey, a seven, Hey, SBD, there's going to probably be, you know, we're projecting like this many viewers at live viewers on this live stream for, you know, three hours. Does that have any value to you? You get what I'm saying? It's like, okay, yeah, you throw in a couple thousand dollars and we'll run this ad for you during this time, whatever. I don't know. I feel like there's a way to do it. But you need like business people doing it and you need, it's tough. It's, it's just tough. I, I don't know the benefits of being a nonprofit, but I just feel like, you know, if they're collecting money somehow and giving that money out, um, you know, that's, that's, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it's a, it's a nonprofit, but there is money coming in and I know people get paid for stuff. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird thing, but you I think have, overall, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, you can have nonprofit, but still you make money coming in and you expend on, um, you know, you, you could bring in money and you're just not paying yourselves, but you can have like budgets for marketing, et cetera. So I think you might be able to still do some of the ideas you want. Yeah. You, like 1099. You, definitely could. you but, could, it, it just would be, you, we'd either have to pay someone to do it or have someone volunteer and step up and do it. Right. Yeah. So it's, and then, then we yeah. fall back to the, the budget where, I mean, only speaking with CPU, our revenue is basically memberships or like meat entries. Yeah. And like, that's, it's a, it's a small stream of revenue without really like expanding to more revenue. Like, um, so, revenue so stream. what if, what if the CPU, um, like based on memberships and, and that, what you just said, and you could probably maybe see where I'm going with this. If the CPU were to quadruple overnight, would you guys be able to facilitate the drug testing with the increase in memberships and the increase in like people doing meets and stuff? Facilitate it? What do you mean? Like being able to pay for it. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's all, it's all scalable based, basically on your budget. Like, okay. So for CPU, we give CSIS like an X dollar amount and then they just test or do what they can within that uh, amount. So more money we have, the more money we toss at them kind of thing. So we'll okay. just scale and up. Because I know that there was a talk about like, you know, power thing America, if they grow too big, they won't be able to pay for X, Y, Z. But I figured like, well, if memberships go up, maybe it scales with it and it can work, but I don't know. It, it should anyway, scale with it because even like um, I believe the way they do it when they run meets is you pay ten dollars per lifter entered in your meet that goes into drug testing pool, and I believe CPU has a similar thing where a meat director has to pay a certain amount per lifter for drug testing. That way, it's scalable. Um, going to what you what you're saying, Joey, as far as like paying employees or 1099s is like, yeah, you can do that. USAPL does that when they hire someone like if they're doing live streaming or anything like that and also their executives but like shane was saying oftentimes it's less money and so like the guy who does all the audio and visual for usapl luis he's a powerlifter. he's competing in usapl so he gives him a better deal because he's trying to help out his own federation um same thing with like the executive director priscilla ribic her salary is lower than the national average for a standard nonprofit executive director or CEO. So if they try to hire someone who's not a powerlifter, no one would apply for that job. But because it's Priscilla Ribic who's been competing for 20 plus years, whatever she wants to help out the organization, she's been doing it for less money than what anyone else would take out of any other nonprofit. And the thing is, okay, you wanna pay these people more, 
the money has to come somewhere, so then you have to start charging more. So then will lifters complain of entry fees go up 20%, membership goes up 20%, drug testing goes up 10%, um, and then meat directors you know, may have to pay additional fees as well. And so it depends if people would be willing to do that. I mean, inflation have, is like 10% every year here anyway. Because so. think about it, like, think about it, like USAPL has 20,000 members right now. If you increase the membership by $10, imagine what you can do with that money. They should. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, was that like, what do you think we have, like 15,000 members right now? No, I'm pretty sure they're, they're back to over 20,000. Okay, so what's 20,000 times 10? <laughs> 200,000. Yeah, you can do something with that. that you can do something that, with that. If you want Russ, it's going to take more than that. I tell you that every fucking now. Right, Russ? You need way, I think, like way more. I don't know. I'm just looking at it. It's like, I mean, yeah, you, you can definitely charge more for memberships. I don't even think it's that pricey. Plus, it's, um, I don't know. That's my opinion. I, I, I think you can charge. How much is membership for USAPL? I'm interested too. Six, 65. That's 65. Bump it to 85. Oh, yeah, we're over a like, hundred and we're still struggling. How do like, you guys survive with 65? Well, I um, want, they should do like a hundred, like a hundred to 150 in my opinion. Uh, get, that, get that media boys out there. Shane, is it a hundred for CPU and then also provincial membership fee? Uh, it's like combined. So I, I think with the provincial and CPU, I think it's like just under like 110 or something. Okay. Yeah, I believe USAPL was like 55 for like a many years, like maybe five to 10 years. They just never increased it, which, you know, is the issue right there. And then they bumped up to 65 and now they've been at 65. Powerlifting America is 75. But I know there's plenty of like powerlifting people that would easily pay 100 or 150. Like there, there are, I mean, there obviously are like, you know, kids like university kids and high school kids who struggle and there's other lifters who may struggle to pay it. But powerlifting also has a lot of like, wealthy people, doctors, engineers, you know, all these people that would easily pay uh, that kind of money. Russ, you yeah. look like you want to say something, man. No, because I, I I seriously, like, I've been I've been blessed to be in a position to where, like, I don't even look at the, like, when I signed up, I'm just, like, signing up. I honestly did not know it was only 60, uh, 60 bucks. That is cheap, man. My membership. Oh, bump it up to 100. Bro, membership. At least. For a month. <laughs> like, bro, it should be, it should be, like, 200 to 250. Oh Lord, it's a lot of right, extra you money. Do, you yeah, you do a lot with that. Like it is a, a lot year. could be done it's with that. Yeah, I mean, we be like one fifty two hundred, man. Like, it, bro, it, it's a it's a year, but the downside of powerlifting is you're doing like two to four meets a year, so you're not getting that much out of it. No, well, you're getting infrastructure. Uh, you're well, getting, see, like my biggest. I know we're getting completely off topic. My biggest thing with powerlifting is that we limit ourselves so much, man. Like when you go to other fed, like I'm talking about, like bodybuilding. I went to a bodybuilding show and I paid like 65 or 80 for the day, like to be there for the day. At a powerlifting meet, if you told about if you told about someone coming to watch a powerlifting meet that you had to pay over 40 bucks, they'll start tripping out. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because like a powerlifting meet is a lot more view, it's a lot more entertaining than a bodybuilding show. Right. So I just feel like we shortchange ourselves. Uh, that's why our our base is so low, man. Like $60 for a year membership in the USHPL, I mean, it should be like 150 to 200. If USHPL uh, uh, right now went 150, PA went 150, what would happen? Nothing. That's a little, that's a little like, that's a big jump, like instantly. I think you could do it like 
you know, you just bump it up to like, I don't know, hundred bucks, easy, 90 bucks, 85. If you did 150, I mean, I would take care of, I would take care of my people and work something out. They really couldn't afford that, you know, but it's just like, Bro, a fit, bro uh, for a year, over a year. If hey, you were, if you did we're, monthly we're payments, just like a normal meat entry fee, we talking about a year. If you, you you would do this is what I would say. If they went to 150, I don't think any of the things going to happen in terms of like movement. But for membership, I don't think nothing will happen. I think you say we're going to move to 150, but because it's a jump, we could do monthly installments. We could do whatever. We'll work with you. Let's talk about it, and we'll have student rates. Set up schedule. Yeah, you you could do some <laughs> payment. You pay. I mean, minimum four, minimum wage here four, is what four payments of like fifty bucks, like or twenty five dollars, whatever the math is. Sizzle, bro. I have it for how much more money is that by times twenty thousand? Holy fudge, man! I I, I I honestly, I'm like shocked. I personally do not know that the membership <laughs> is that low. That's extremely low, and I feel like they should. I mean, I'm just thinking about the more like the amount of money they would have to play with if they increased it. Because if you just communicate to your members like, hey, we're trying to take this to a different, different level. And with that's going to come a price hike or whatever. But I mean, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, where do I email the, 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 the like the suggestion box? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. we got in Canada, we got my man's right here. That that's thank God she ain't so. I mean, they're already they're already a hundred a hundred Canadian monies is like eighty bucks here, right? But but I don't know that man. We're dying. (laughs) I I I don't know how often the the CPU changes it, but like even USAPL or Powerful America, whatever, they could easily change the price like even a few bucks on each year because it's all online. All you do is just change the sixty five to sixty seven. No one even knows. You change the sixty seven to seventy and bump it up a few bucks every year just based on inflation or whatever additional expenses you have. Don't hold it at the same price for like five years as all your other expenses go up and then try and bump it up. But even then, like what Russ is saying, like let's say. Let's say the membership goes from 65 to 95. If the $30 is going to make the difference between you competing in the sport or not, then you probably have bigger problems than you shouldn't yes. be involved. Like Over you're already paying because you're still paying for entry fees for multiple meets. You're paying for possibly hotels, gas, tolls, equipment, uh, food, coaching, all this like that. So if the 30 bucks is going to make you broke, then do you have bigger problems? You should be saving your money and focusing on other things. Yeah. Powerlifting yeah. just has yeah. like it's, when you really like, I have a, I have a, um, I'm able to see things from like a lot of different perspectives because I'm not just a pilot. I do social media. So I understand like the cash flow of social media. And I also do like just like apparel business, right? So I could see like, I could just see the trends, right? So it's just like, just man, damn. But no one, like, no one, I promise you, no one's gonna go anywhere if you bring it up to 100 because just break it down, right? If you look at bodybuilding, like right now I'm doing bodybuilding, right? My coach is like 300 a month. That's bodybuilding. that's bodybuilding. That's like, that's normal. That's not a, that's not like a, a weird thing. It's like, y'all, y'all 250 or 300 a month. All right, bro. But that's bodybuilding, right? But if you said yeah. the coach charge $300 as a power lifter, that coach is going to be destroyed on social media. He's going to have his uh, Some are real close. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like. They do get destroyed. The discrepancy, right? The price discrepancy is ridiculous, right? So it's just, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like powerlifters would definitely pay like $100 for a simple membership. Because I, there's gyms out here, like Alphaland that's down the street from Corrupted. It's like 120 for a membership. For like a month. We charge 60 bucks for a day pass. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> to your people pay, dude, what's going on in LA? This is crazy. People see like the $60 day pass. That's fucking Bro, nuts. I've seen like eight kids come in, pay it, and just go take pictures with Lex and leave. Like, I'm not joking. Like, that's how it is here. What Christian Guzman, back in like the day, the Barbara Brigade days, I remember I was in the gym and like girls would just come find him there and they'll pay the day pass just for that. Like, it's di- LA's different, brother. We, we, that's what I'm saying. Fifth biggest economy in the world. We'll pay for some stupid shit. But I don't know. I just feel like there's money on the table and they got to get it. Russ, I don't know if you know on the women's side, but I heard for like their bikinis and stuff, the prices are through the roof for bodybuilding. What? Everything is. Oh, the bikini is like thirteen hundred. Bodybuilding yeah. is expensive, bro. Like I'm like when you look at when you just look at the other side of like what other places are doing, you're like, man, like because I, I love powerlifting, like that's my sport. So when I look at when I when I dip my toes in these other things like social media, YouTube, uh, bodybuilding, um, I'm like, damn, like. I know we can bring this over to Palatine. Like Palatine is a lot more exciting than these other places. And, and we just low bar ourselves so much. So I just, it's just, it's, yeah. I don't know. This is just like a whole red revelation for me. Honestly. I did not know it was 60 bucks. Jo- Joey, are, Joey, are you going to the Virginia Pro in December? No. Okay. Uh, I was just going to mention like Saber who runs those Virginia meets and runs that Virginia pro. He's someone who does like seem to charge more invest in it. So I've heard like for spectators, for some of his meets, he will charge like 20 or 30 bucks per day. And for the coaches, he tried to charge one fifty for a coach's pat or 50. It was either 50 or one fifty. It was something crazy. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was like 40 or 50 bucks either a day or session, something like that. But then he's putting that money into having the prize money for the Virginia pro and having those, having those screens he has like a, a mascot running around for some of his meets he has like a dj where they can pick like the third attempt deal of songs like that so some people are like yeah oh my god he's charging but, a 50 but why, would, coach. but why would you charge the coach that there's not that many coaches that are going to be there you know what i'm saying it doesn't no, make I, get, sense. No, I, I i get it because like you want to squeeze as much as you can like i felt disrespected so i'm not going yeah. he yeah. might also he might also be like I hit the coach up the coach. He'll hit up the athletes up. And then, you know, he's probably, I don't do that though. I don't, I don't, I pay for all that shit myself. I don't even, you know, all my handling is free. I don't charge whatever people charge for that. I just do it because I enjoy doing it. It's my way of giving back. But you know, I get, I get where they're coming from. I just think a lot of the times, like, I mean, you guys could judge me all you want. I'm sure some of you will agree. But me bringing my guys there are the reason people are paying attention to it. If I'm not at Powerlifting America Nationals, what is that meet? Literally, what is that meet, Ryan? Tell me. It's the Taylor Atwood show, you son of a bitch. That's it. <laughs> like, like, literally, that was it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I'm not, I just felt, I just, that's why, I mean, everybody pulled out of that meet, you know? I, th- it, I think, it, na- I think, na- I think Nationals is different, like. For nationals, the lifters going there to like win the national title and go to worlds and stuff like that. So you, the meet director doesn't focus on like how can I bring in like you know famous people or whatever like that. But for Virginia Pro or like some kind of pro me like that, I understand. Like if they reach out to you, Joey, and say, Joey, if you bring us five of your top lifters, then we won't charge you a coaching fee. That's like a good business it's move not even in order about to like. That. I don't care. Fifty dollars is not going to do anything to me, right? I like that. It's not that. It's just the. It's just the. It's just. It doesn't make, I don't know. It just didn't look weird to me. It, it didn't make sense. Um, I don't I, think it was 50, man. I think it was more. <laughs> no, I respect his, uh, he honestly, he, 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 he had a very good meet. <laughs> he had a very good meet. Cause I, I saw what he was trying to apply 
And like, now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, okay, I see where he's trying to take this. And he has like that, that wide, big imagination as to what he would like to accomplish. Um, the other stuff. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the desire, I, I see where, I see where he's thinking, where he's trying to go with this. So I, I definitely respect that. He's pushing in different directions. He's trying to get something going. Anyways, we'll see. I mean, what... if they, okay, if they charge if they charge Russ uh, some some amount, even though that money is nothing to Russ, he might feel a way about it because he's like, nah, just... like I, mean, I don't know. That's, that's I don't know. I don't. I don't believe in like making you're like feeling like you you're owed something. It's like pay your dues or, or just pay your way towards. I, I feel what you're saying. It's like this, so. This would be the argument against. You know, raising funds though, Joey, is like if the USAPL, you know, as a whole, maybe not membership, but certain ways tries to raise funds, there is some people who might be price sensitive. I don't know. But, but I, I mean, I, I also say, see like, I don't think so. I don't, I think $20, I $30 buy, is fine. Like, if you're the UFC, the way they do things is this is the most compelling conversation. This is the most, you know, this is the, this is, this is the, this is what people want to see. And, you know, they, they make it happen. They, they're not going to, they'll get them on the card. They're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, we got to choose. And like, you know, I guess we're not going to do this fight. Like, no, they'll save it. They'll wait. They'll be patient and mm-hmm. they'll make it happen. And I think, and I think that's just that whole ethos, that whole like philosophy. I guess I agree with what Russ is saying about that meat director, what he wants. But there are just some things that were implemented in it, the, the, the way that they did that, that I think could have been a little bit better. Um, and, and it's not, it, you know, and it's, it's, I guess my initial gripe was like, like I, it, it's my decision to handle lifters for P pay the coaches fee, pay up, pay all that shit, travel, do whatever I'm going to do on my own. That's my decision. Right. I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. And I'm, and I don't have a problem with that, but when I see that one, something like that, that it's like, like, I think it was Amanda that I had there and I had a, I had a bunch of other lifters doing it too. And then once I, once like, first off that meet was going to be a very different thing, like in October or like middle of the year. And then he changed his mind. And then I had, you know, girls that were qualified and then they got emailed. Oh, sorry, you're not going to be in now. And it's like, you know, that's not how you do it. Right. That's not how you do things. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And we pulled everybody and we did something else. So, you know, it's, it's, you can't, you can't like, again, if they reach out and they communicate with people and they like try to try to make things great and, and reach out to a Russ or reach out to whoever and be like, yo, we're thinking about doing this. Like, do you have any ideas? I think that goes a long way as opposed to like flip-flopping wishy-washy. It's a big undertaking, right? Whenever you do things like this and it's going to be in front of tons of people, like you can't fuck up. Or like Shane said, there's going to be thousands of people that are going to nitpick every little thing that you did and everything little thing that you say. And it makes it harder to move forward now. Cause now you're dealing with, and that, and that meet director has made many posts on Facebook that are like, or Instagram, like, oh, like, you know, I'm trying to do this. Like I didn't mean for that or da da da. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's a, maybe he could just hire a guy to do all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like his idea is great, but then you just hire someone to execute. I don't know. That's just my whole thing. Um, at the end of the day, like it sucks that powerlifting is like a nonprofit thing and like there's budget problems, but like you guys just pointed out like, yo, $65 membership, 
there, there's we could raise that you can get a media team on it you can do things that make the sport more inviting just make it make it amazing make it a super fun experience electric russ's prime time session this last meet that whole like last deadlift sequence or him hitting a squad that was so fun i that was the most fun i had all year you know what i mean and and there is there is something there like powerlifting does have something special we just have to we just have to like I don't know. You just need the right people behind it. You just need a Dana White. You need somebody. You need somebody that's that's like that. Would that wants that vision too? But like I said, if the overlords came out and they said, "Hey guys, like Joey, whoever, like we understand, like this is where you want the sport to go, and you think it could be bigger and grand and all these things, but we don't really have that vision for us. We want it to be X, Y, Z. All right, then I'll shut up and put my energy somewhere else, and I'll stop. I'll just make good lifters, and I'll stop worrying about." that i think what we do have what's good for powerlifting this is why sheffield's big is um they have a lot of money behind it so money won't be an issue like the amount of money they're going to drop over the course of that weekend and everything leading up for the media and you guys have tons of good media idea ideas i know some of the joe you i'm sure you guys have heard the media ideas too they are going to drop a crazy amount of money for one day and it's um i think like with with what you're talking about like a possible dana white who's going to promote this whatever that's more the lines of what you're going to see with an issue with the situation like sheffield um and there's opportunity with powerlifting to have both to have like an olympic structure where it's like every nation's represented but there's group a and group a that's what they have in in olympics as well so they kind of have their prime time with olympic weightlifting as well where there's group a with the heavy hitters actually middle contention group b will be earlier that day so that's what the world championships is doing so you could have both so you have the infrastructure of the entire world behind you with the government funding and all that etc and all the good stuff so the university games asian games european games the ipf is in all of those so the reason why that's so important if somebody ever pulls a situation where they try to get bully. You can't bully infrastructure like that worldwide, globally with all this. They're involved in so many games and so much like government funding. Like they are not going anywhere. They could bleed for years and are never going to go anywhere. So that's why that's super important. And at the same time in the same Federation, they got Sheffield. They got, they have opportunity because there's it's capitalistic and people can yeah. step up and be like, we're going to do this. And in France, that's why that's, it's good. That's good. And your ideas, you're right. A Dana White style, maybe Dana White looks more like Benjamin Banks, right? A guy who's like a, an incredibly brilliant entrepreneur, built something out of nothing. SBD is multi-million dollar. He's got a freaking mind I would mind love to have a this. conversation with him. He's got a mind. I've had conversations. The guy, he's a super nice guy um very approachable and he's he's at all the different ipf worlds and uh and he's he's fucking brilliant with this and he knows the industry and he makes good solid business decisions and if he's at the helm i'm you know like he anyways not to go too much on to him but at the same time in france i did the silent worker meet and they have like they're pulling out their they have money streams and it was like a fucking rock star event and um, they could do whatever the hell they want over there. Like they're doing the same thing. Like different nations have like, like I know you've seen the footage in, in uh, Ireland with the pro beat they have where like, they have like maybe a little too far with strippers and shit like that in the background. All right. Well, oh, I didn't see, I didn't well, see none of that. 
well, that's maybe a little far. Like literally people are bench pressing and there's girls on pole dancing and shit, but they have like fire breathers. It's a little, little, well, I don't know if we need to go too far, but whatever. The point is you could do almost anything everywhere, but the fed itself might just have its own mandate and then be like, look it, if there's like a businessmen who, who are in women who have a vision and can see this through, Here's the keys. You rock and roll. And that's kind of what it might take. You know, that's what it, that's why I think the system's working because of that. But, um, are you guys generally excited for the future of powerlifting or are you guys kind of pessimistic? Well, I'm well, optimistic gonna, cause that's the way I am. I was going to add in there too. There have been like little pauses along the way. Like, you know, I know we're hounding on all the negatives, but like Ryan has said, there's been like other good meets out there. Like before Sheffield, there's all the Arnold meets to have prize money. Like the Arnold UK is coming up that has a bunch of prize money. I'm, I'm hyped you, for the Arnold UK. Then you have your local meets. I didn't where you even know it. about it. What? I mean, that, brother? you have to follow the IPF Instagram account. That might help. No, Joey. they need to get in front of us somehow. Get in front of us somehow. That's what I'm saying. The world yeah, games they, is happening. We don't know. UK yeah. Arnold's happening. We don't even know. Like that. That's the. That should not. I they, don't know. Well, that's wrong. We're, I, I, out. we're gonna do a preview show and have a bunch of the people on, and um, we'll start pumping it. I just have to get in the other side of Junior Worlds, but it's like this, then that, then that. Like Micah Marino with the American Pro was in my DMs. Like my dude, are you gonna give me some 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 you know, some love here. Cause you did all this for like the USAPL nets and like IPF worlds and shit. And I'm like, when I get back from worlds, it'll be this, that, 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 like that. Right. And, um, so it's kind of the same thing with the Arnold UK. It's at the end of September. We have like junior worlds and all this other stuff. So you, you don't want to get too far ahead out. Cause people get like, all right, all right, already. You, you got like three solid weeks I mean, leading into an event. The, the day after the fights last night, they posted the poster for Diaz and comes up. But, but even if, yeah. even if you like, don't know the Arnold UK, you do know Arnold USA, that USAPL when they're part of the IPF was running, yes. giving up, giving out prize money for years and increasing the prize money every single year. Um, you know, if Shane wanted to do like a local CPU meet and do prize money, he could, he's allowed to, or if you want to do like a local meet where it's free entry and anyone can come in, you could. So there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Like Ryan says within the IPF where you still have the world championships or a certain structure, then you have all these other meets underneath it. Uh, I think they're also doing better stuff with their, their marketing the media team's getting better with the live stream look um with the how the graphics are you have joe whiteley doing like recaps of all the meets now i forget who the guy is i think it's called like strength journal that comes up with the graphics now for the instagram Dude, page the graphics for Arnold uk joey you must have seen him because i shared him in the king of list uh story i think you've seen him they I, had i've seen chance I've mitchell seen. and leah bavois on them and then they had like the french redemption they, they're just random graphics and showed penna Leah, because Penna had a bad meet. Leah missed weight and show like all these French people, and it was fucking fire, man. Like some of these were fire. So That's there's there's these, there's there's these little things that are getting better and better. You're getting more members. You're getting more viewers. And then if Sheffield turns out to be as big as it is and the hype that it is and all this uh, prize money and the viewers going to bring in, that's going to be a whole new thing to add on top of it. We're already, we're already taking into Sheffield the account, but it hasn't even happened yet. So that's like a whole other thing that you can add on there. So there's lots of positives that are already happening and probably more things coming down the line. Like Ryan had mentioned, uh, the different games yeah. that we're in. We're going to get in the Masters World Games. So you guys we're are, get in the, go ahead. So you guys are excited then? Yeah. I'm excited, dog. 
They're, How are you, they're man? Ma- they're, you're they're, they're a positive dude too, though, Joey. We're, we're in the U.S. Jo- we're in the U.S., Joey. So there's a lot of negatives currently in the last that's, year that's in the U.S. <laughs> it's 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 tense though in the U.S. So it feels it feels different. I think I feel it too, though. Like I I, I had a worried. lot of I had a lot of fun at nationals, and I had a lot of fun at PA nationals, and I had you know I I enjoy these meets. Um, the what I really enjoy is like the pressure of like, you're in that prime time session and you know, like, like this is it, like, let's do it. And, and there's something on the line and risking it and putting it on the line. That's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know that that's what I enjoy. And then once we get all these things going, then you have this machine and you just can get better at it over year after year, after year, after year. I think about how, when I was like, I must have been like 11 or 12. I don't know when the UFC first started and it was like a crazy show. It was like, it was just like random weight classes fighting each other. It was just nuts. And I remember, I remember watching it and from it coming from there to what it is now, it's like, it has, it's a, it's got, it's a publicly traded company now. It's, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's, they've done so, so many amazing things with it. And, um, I do think that fighting has a little so, little X factor that politics doesn't have, but we do have something, right? And we can do the best with what we have. And I just feel like you have too many amazing people here not to make it more than what it is. And I know there, there's always going to be pushback. There's always going to be the older generation that maybe doesn't want it, the newer generation that's really all about it, whatever this and that. And I think we just need to... We need to, we just need to grow the sport and be like, if I can influence it in a positive way, if everybody on here is doing their part, I know Russ is fucking doing his part. Let me tell you that Russ is literally like a perfect, like they find Russ through like a quick little post on the internet. And then maybe they go to his YouTube and I start watching him and they get invested in his personality. And he goes, Oh, I have a meet. Oh dang. He's got a meet. Oh, I like this guy. Okay. I'm going to follow him. Boom. They follow him through his journey and then he competes. Right. And now they want to try it too. Right. And then, you get some kids that say, Hey, I want to beat Russ one day. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, great. Come on, come on in. And it's, 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 it's just a, we got everybody attacking it from all different fronts. You know what I'm saying? Arian's coaching people up. He's, 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 you know, so, so is Shane, like you guys are doing your part, Shane, like you doing all this stuff for free, like just working for the Federation. I don't know how you do it, man. You must really have a passion for this shit. Cause I, you know, like you said, it doesn't pay your mortgage. So it's like, it's like a tough thing. Right. And, and Ryan just being like the voice, you know, and, and putting these ideas out there. I believe with all the effort that has been put forth, I want to see it go to that next level. And I know that, I mean, me, I don't want to speak for anyone else. If anybody else out here wants to say whatever they want to say, they can too. But there have been times where you feel a little bit of like, you feel a little bit of resentment or you feel a little bit of like, like you're just putting in so much effort, like for all these years to 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 make things better and blow things up and then you know the federation doesn't care they don't reciprocate and you're just like am i wasting my energy somewhere like i've come from other professions or other things where i was successful and like should i just go put my energy in a different sport should i go back should i have should i have been in a uh, you know an assistant football coach at a little nai school in fucking kansas and moved my way up and just stayed in that like is this sport doomed no i don't believe that i believe we can make it better i believe and we are and i think ryan you you having this these discussions and us putting these ideas out there i think that i think that's what it's all about and and um i just hope somebody listens i know you're gonna talk to whoever i know i'm gonna talk to whoever and arian's gonna talk to whoever and and i think 
I think uh, in a couple of years from now, we'll look back and be like, maybe powerlifting's in the World Games. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Sheffield becomes this amazing thing we can look forward to. Maybe Russ makes amazing meets under USAPL that, that people can look forward to that rivals that of the Arnold. Like, I don't know. There's so many things that you can do um, in, in this sport. And that's kind of the cool thing. It's like we're still in those beginning stages yet. You know what I mean? We can make it what we want it to be. We can change the bench for the better. We can change things. And I just hope that I just hope it all works out. Well, I'll tell you what, to an extent, some like a, well, how old are you, Shane? 34. He's a young ass man. So here's the thing I was about to say. Um, a lot of the people in this conversation, like Shane already is part of the infrastructure and he's the president of like, and Canada is not a small federation in the world global sense of, of powerlifting and, and Arian's been involved in like, you know, some of us are either a part of, or will be in the future. Right. Um, so who knows? Let's see. Russ right now is a young guy in his twenties. Russ at like 55. It, who knows what he's doing? If he's like, I don't know. Bodied up. Probably <laughs> fucking bodied up like a mall fucker. Um, okay. But uh, he's going to look exactly the same at 55. And I'll but, be dead. So hopefully everything's <laughs> fine. And you guys can love me when you got me, man. I'm trying to make an impact. Um, but Go ahead. Who, who I, well, I was just going to say to Joey, it kind of goes to what I was saying. Like it's a down, I guess a down moment for us powerlifting right now with COVID and then getting booted out and then a new federation. So I, I could see if you're like frustrated, like, I mean, for me, I can, I, I'll say straight up the last nine months haven't been good compared to the last 10 years because it's been a, a tough transition and it is and frustrating I, sometimes. Uh, and, I mean, and people may not notice it, but like, I'm not, I haven't refed a meet. I haven't run a meet. I haven't spotted and loaded or scored or announced a meet or anything like that. I'm not in any committee positions. I'm not a head coach for anything, nothing. So it's been a, a big change. And the, the positive for me, it might suck for the current lifters, but the positive for me is I'm 34 as well. Like Shane, I have plenty of time. I can wait 10 years or 15 years or 20 years when I'm maybe an executive or president or something like that. So I can wait it out. I will vote for you. <laughs> I, I don't want, I need to be able to go on social media and say whatever. So I can't, I can't be in a you know position like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, I was, well, so you, you made some good points here, but uh, like uh, in terms of what Russ has done to bring powerlifters in, what was going on? This is public. This has nothing to do with Russ, but this made me think of this. Um, what the hell was going on with Wheeze? What was that? I see John oh, Hack do something wait, funny where he would. Wait. Yeah, what is everyone talking about? I, missed I didn't it. get it. It was. It sounded like. I'll, I'll I'll break it down, but I want you to go a little more into detail so I can know exactly what I'm about to break down, and I will probably end up speaking for him, but I will do it in his best interest. So go, you're talking about. You're so talking here's about, what I saw. Here's what I saw. Some of it was hilarious, because um, it ended up just being. Part of this is like a little bit my fault because I talked to him, but so he, so he it, it was it was along the lines. Um, I, I I just saw. I think I. I saw Dan Bell was upset about something he had said. He said something along the lines, which like probably is true. Like for instance, like we were saying, Russ, how many people does Russ bring in as like fans? Um, if they saw him on whatever platform he's on all the different social media platforms, you follow people. Oh shit. I'm 15. I'm in the gym. I'm looking for something. 
ran into the, ran into this guy, started following the journey. Okay, okay, now okay. I'm, and then I'll cut you off. I know okay, exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, so basically, there was a discussion that you know I kind of put in his head about how when Weeze tries to do things different or be you know just make powerlifting cool and get kids into the sport by by being different or unique or taking something that kids already know maybe they they're on tiktok and they know certain gym culture and he'll kind of like take that and then blend it in with powerlifting and get kids into the sport well the old the older powerlifters that have been here for a while they don't like i said they don't like that change they don't like that someone's being different they're you're you're, you know you're you're uh you're taking this sport of mine and you're making it sort of like a like a like a fun thing for kids or like they hate social media or whatever. And he'll get a lot of shit for it. Right. I mean, he is a young kid. We got to remember that I have already dealt with so much stuff with him and trying to help him with behavior and things like that. But you got to understand that like, he's a young kid. He's still trying to navigate the space. He is getting a lot of attention. I mean, obviously he's got my cosign. He's got Russ's cosign and, and, you know, obviously people are going to have eyes on him. And it's just like when he voices his opinion like that. And I had a talk with him the next day, like, like man to man. And I just said, there was one little line in there that you didn't have to add because it's going to, it's going to bring the flack and it's going to get people angry and it's going to make people come at you. But everything else that you're saying, how you have people in the sport, like a Russ, like him, I mean, him, him is a little bit different. Russ is doing it too. You have this whole TikTok culture. You know, we had make squats that used to be here and she ended up leaving powerlifting for something else, right? Her leaving powerlifting, I think was a huge hit because she used to literally get regular girls. Like you put a barbell in their hand pretty much. That's literally like her thing. And she left because it was kind of a little bit of that. You know what? Like I'm putting a lot of effort into powerlifting. I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm not getting the... You know, you're not, you're not, you're not seeing the feedback, but then you do something else like regular gym culture. Russ could post an amazing immaculate meat video that he put a lot of effort behind and he'll get X amount of views. And then he'll just go squat in the gym with pound plates and he'll get like five times the views. And it's just like, there's something there. It's like the effort, the effort for one thing over the other is very different. And he's probably going to get some people into powerlifting doing something like that. So that being said, basically he was just upset that a lot of the people that would make fun of him for being different or make fun of him or trying out new ideas or not being afraid to like post stuff and see if it pops or not. Um, you know, that they would just like make fun of him or ridicule him or whatever, but that's what happens when you try to be a trendsetter. That's what happens. When you try to break the mold. That's what happens. when you try to change something. There's going to always be feedback. And my whole thing is like, you don't acknowledge it. Just keep trying, learn, observe and be better. Um, you know what that, that last little comment he said, were like, like all you guys like talking bad or whatever. I'm the one putting lifters on your roster or whatever. That was it. I know it was about my roster. That was it. That was it, Playboy. That was that was. I know it wasn't talking about my roster because I was the one who kind of like we had this conversation, but he took it like a little bit, you know, a little bit further. Um, you know, I was already well established before he was even born, pretty much, <laughs> because he's so young. But you guys get what I'm saying. Like he was just yeah. very upset that like I'm trying to bring more people into powerlifting. You guys are making fun of me for trying new things. Like you guys don't, you know, at the end of the day, like I get, I see where he's coming from, but at the same time, when you, when you, that you literally are saying that you're entitled, you literally are saying I'm entitled to more money. I'm entitled. I, I don't think that he meant that. And, and I know him as a person and I know that that's not what he feels. He was just, he was just saying that now there's social media is a weird thing 
are you getting the real Wiz? Are you getting the Wiz that's gonna spark a flame to spark a flame to get a guy like a Dan Bell to go up and speak out about it to get a guy like a John Hack to put him in a story? As far as I'm concerned, he wins when that happens because now you're mentioning his name for something that he said that you guys bit on. You get what I'm saying? And 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 that's the that's the whole thing. Like it's a game. It's a game. At the end of the day, I think it benefits him because there's no bad press, right? So yeah, I you know, don't think he, I don't bad press. When did this happen? <laughs> This was a few days uh, ago. Like the last week. Yeah. It, it, I don't think like, I think like Dan Bell was also having fun with it too. It, I don't think he's like, uh, I don't think anybody was, no one's going to walk away and be like, I don't, I fucking hate that guy or whatever. So I think you're right in that. Um, because it wasn't even, even we saying it was almost like a throwaway content uh, comment. Like, look at when I appeal to the masses and I bring in viewership from the masses it's helping everybody out. This is the next generation of people coming in and yes. they may not come to me for coaching. They may not come to Joey or any of our team. They might end up coming to you for coaching, but they found me and through me, it, it just helps everybody. If you got 20 of me's bringing in 200 people, that's what he's saying. So he's like, and then he, he got cocky, but that's fine because who gives a shit? We all get yeah, cocky but, uh, sometimes. But, but the older guys, exactly. But the older, and trust me, like I had a, there's a pretty big influencer down here. His name is Bradley Martin. And I had a lot of talks with him about doing something because social media is your business and doing some like, like it's like when I started to think of it at like that, I was way more open to it and a lot more tolerable to it. When I was younger, I didn't understand it. And I was like, Oh, this is fake. This person is fake. But now I get it. It's like a business. You're doing things specifically for, you know, Darren Till. Darren Till posted some crazy shit the other day and I forget who it was, um, but they were like, bro, why didn't you just say this to me or whatever? And he was like, honestly, man, I was just doing it for likes and clicks. <laughs> like he just, said, <laughs> he just said it like straight up. And I was like, you know what? I respect that. I can't even hate on that because that's literally, I mean, you got everybody pissed off and now you just gained 10,000 followers. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's a game. We've got them talking about him. Um, and I, and I coached him through it and I just helped him like mentally, like understand like, okay, when you do these things, you're going to get the pushback. And if you can, if you can take it, you know, if that's something that mentally you can handle, it could, it probably works out in your benefit. There are some people who I don't want to name who kind of built a little bit of a name for themselves, calling other people out or, or just being super like, this guy is saying something so fucking crazy. Like I have to mention it. You, you know, you got to acknowledge yeah. it. Now, some people acknowledge it. Some people don't now. You know, you know how many lifters call out Russ? You know how many fucking times we'll get tagged in some shit? And I'm like, bro, I'm not giving this person no shine because I didn't earn it yet. Now, if you show up on me day and you punch me in the mouth or you make me run for my money, then I'm going to shake your hand after and be like, good shit. Fuck that. <laughs> you know what so, I'm saying? So is Weez like, like the Kobe Covington of Powerhouse thing? No, 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 no. But, no, um. Not Fuck no! But uh, but I do. Want- <laughs> no. I, I I don't follow this drama at all. But it sounds I like know, you feel proud. I didn't shit. He's making traction. Here's the thing, though. It's a little bit what Joey was saying earlier about gatekeeping. Um, yes, the next generation is coming through TikTok. This is happening. Yeah. When you get older, you don't get it. You'll never understand the generation before us. Just like the people older than you talk about, it, it's it happens every fucking yeah. time. So when yeah. you get older and you don't get something, sometimes you just be like, "All right, whatever. It's not my thing. I don't get it." And Weez is twenty, so 
the difference between weeds in a 15 year old is five years. And that's like the difference between weeds and like a Russ or like, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Not exactly, but yeah. like yeah. It's, he's closer and closer and closer to it. So he's like, guys, mm-hmm. this is going to work. Just let me do my damn thing. But you, you're kind of right where we, we should just recognize you don't always got to explain to every guy who's 35, what you're doing when you're 20. Cause he's 15 years older and he may or may not get it on the flip side. If you do say something kind of like he said um, to get a little spice, uh, but you're not actually attacking anyone in particular. It wasn't, it's a whatever. That's why I say throwaway comment. Cause it wasn't like yeah. he went in saying um, Arian boom. And he went at you specific. There was none <laughs> of that. It was literally nah. like, it was like a throwaway comment where it was like, just in general, this is what I think I'm doing for the game. Thank you very much throw my check in the mail because you all owe me but that's like for me that's throwaway i don't give a fuck who cares he's a 20 year old guy yeah, who's feeling himself I, I mean, for a minute i i okay i will say this about the tiktok thing russ how do people say they notice you now what do people say i've been on the to- king of this podcast well, I, I i told i've been telling y'all i get on tiktok instagram is cat so like uh, when I meet people now, it's more so it's like, oh, you're that guy from TikTok. Oh, no like shit. TikTok, yeah. So it's just like, I mean, that's where the new generation's on TikTok, man. Like that's where that's where everything's at. I mean, it's been like that for like a year and a half now. So it's it's like a new wave. So I mean, he, he's not wrong. I mean, obviously the delivery is is, is off, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Wait, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he said, but I mean, like, I don't know if he was trying to say like. Yeah, I don't know if you're like asking, but it's just like for the most part, man, is when you're a trendsetter or you're someone that's bringing new ideas to the table, you just have to understand like you're going to get shit for it. I say or do things and I get shit for it all the time. And yeah. you you just understand that's the role you play and eventually things are going to change. If you're a true trendsetter or you're someone that's bringing new ideas that people like, it'll eventually come to light. There's no need to acknowledge or, you know, talk shit or say anything. Like, it's, it's going to like i, I yeah. got shit people called me stupid and and uh they said i was being extra for wearing a suit to my to my warm-ups right or it's not to my warm-ups to my let game. them be different so it's yeah. just like i didn't i didn't really say anything back i'm just like oh wow like i didn't think that this would be such a big thing but i mean i did this because you know x y and z and then lo and behold next meet that i went to there's like four or five six people like literally strategizing what they wore <laughs> Like, Joey, you saw it. There's like maybe like yes. different lifters, and I'm like, that's what it's about. Like, there's no like those same people were probably like originally they're like, that shit's kind of whack, and then you know they it let oh. it a little bit, and they're like, yeah. I'm not gonna do it the way he did it, but I'm gonna do it my own flair. I'm gonna probably bring something a little bit different. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I had no clues what's happening. So. I'm telling you right now, Delaney's pulling up to Sheffield wearing a fucking gold suit with a purple tie or some shit like he's doing some crazy <laughs> shit, you know he's amazing yeah <laughs> so so look ryan in 2016 when you brought me on for the ipf q a and i spent like 90 minutes answering a thousand questions it was yeah. not all i was like this new guy that like did this thing and people were like whoa like who, who is this guy like you know it was not like a open arms type of thing yeah a lot of people supported me but i had to like force it like yo motherfuckers i'm here to stay Right. And I came back the next year with more people. I came back the next year with more people. You know what I'm saying? You got to kind of at first there's going to be like, like, who is this guy? Fuck this guy, whatever. But over time, 
you know, they're going to start. Look, okay, Russ got people doing TikToks that you never fucking thought would do TikToks. One person in particular, I'd never in my days thought I would see Taylor doing TikToks with the lady like that. Dog, he's doing TikToks now. <laughs> Some like, of them are oh, good. <laughs> Some of them are good. Look at when Russ was on here last time. And I got to fucking do this. I did it for a couple and then I stopped. I'm going to start doing it again. Russ is like, dude, you're a commentator. Post videos of lifts like you reposting King of this, but commentate what you're watching and just fucking do that. Because I'm or like, Russ, just post. I need to do that. Just literally, whenever you're on King Lifts and, you, and you're on your active, you're reposting everything from Instagram, just do the same thing for TikTok. Literally. The, the thing. TikTok started killing it though. They they don't like repost. They only like so I have to add something. Their 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 algorithm. Just put just hit just do the little voiceover, or you could like put the lift behind you, and your literal head cue ball head is like right there in the corner. That's, that's what I gotta <laughs> do. Just, yeah, yeah. You well, just, you just, just it's like you know, we have this is this is Taylor Atwood. He's one of the greatest seventy fours of all, or he is the greatest seventy four of all time, and he just he just hit like a four hundred five pound. Squad. Yeah. Or give me the keys to Lambo. <laughs> there you go, man. Like honestly, it's it's there's so many different things you can do now. And and like, yeah, there's always gonna be that older generation that hates it while the guy they're making fun of, the young 20-year-old kid, 21-year-old kid, is literally getting like fucking hundreds of thousands, millions of views and changing his life through this medium. So hey, to the young kids, don't when it comes to the social media shit, I ain't gonna lie to you, don't pay attention to the old heads on that one. Just <laughs> do your thing. How to like operate in the world and stuff, but when it comes to social media, I would just and it comes to like you know putting on like the new era of things. Like do your thing. No need to like bash anybody or say anything. Just do your nope. thing. You know what happens happens. You know so just yeah. honestly, man. As an old head, I'm. If it comes to social media, <laughs> I'm asking the young guys. I'm humble myself. I'm as old head too. I'm yo. Weez is like he's twenty. I'm yeah. To Weez, to Weez, Russ is an old guy. How funny is that? No, seriously, he looks at. I'm like, I'm talking to him. I'm like, yo, when you hit 24, 25, your digestive, like your digestive, is not gonna be exactly the same. So now you gotta get down. So I'm like giving him game on little stuff like that. But it's just like. I look at myself as an old head now. They some of the music they play, I'm like, man, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> yeah, dude, Yeet, Lil Yeet, what's his name? A little yeet? Yeet? I'm like, what the hell is a little Yeet? What is this bullshit? So I'll put on. Some, I'm like, this is my shit. Then I'll put on Lil Wayne. It's like, <laughs> Russ is like, is like, holy shit, I think I got old. Wayne is my is like when I was in high school. Yeah, it's Ryan, last year that I'm old. Ryan, when did you do your first meet? What year? Fuck man, 1952. <laughs> uh, Powell thinks I'm even that old, so I wasn't even born. It was the 50s. The Cold War was on. I had just returned from World War II, and I wanted to stay active. And they had no arches back then. That's right, no arches. We were like we bench like men bench. Okay, we laid down flat on a wooden no. bench. No bench shirts either. No bench shirts. They didn't even wear a shirt. It was amazing. <laughs> um yeah man no it's true it's dude fucking we've been talking for like almost three and a half hours what did, what did we get together originally for uh, by the way i was i was gonna say ryan <laughs> i was gonna say ryan good luck good luck titling this episode it's gonna be like oh, be, bench rule change other ways to improve the sport and we's drama <laughs> oh but what i did like what became funny was even dan bell dan bell's like a character himself 
And he was like, I don't, I don't fucking get this. And he threw and he had a throwaway comment, man. Fuck them kids. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, because he's an old grouchy guy, but he's not, I've had him on the podcast. It's his personality, but he's not, he's like that dude who's like that, but he's not actually like, you know, fuck you. He's more like throwaway comment style. Right. And people took that one line, fuck them kids. And it became a meme and it showed him on like a sitting in a chair to, quote dear bill or whatever fuck them kids or whatever so then everybody's playing with it kind of like you guys are saying where it's like when you throw it out there in social media let it ride but don't take it personally and then whatever it is what it is but um yeah social media is a crazy fucking place i do got to get onto that the freaking tiktok more i'm on tiktok i got like forty thousand followers which is nothing for tiktok but um something to build off of man that's pretty yeah good. especially especially how inconsistent you've been and i and i feel like with tiktok tiktok maybe it's less about the followers because it's just going to spit you out to the for you page so you can still get you know tons of views even without having a bunch of following if people are watching the video the, um, all, the yeah. other videos got like five million views so it's the, the crazy thing, i don't understand the algorithm but some videos get nothing yeah, yeah. It, nothing it, gotta keep is that just as monetizable though as like an ig following though no it's not but it really, it can it, it's it's tricky it, it can be but it, it's different like can but you build a micro community from tiktok or is it just like too quick no nah, you can build a micro community from tiktok if you do it correctly russ you posted a video the other day it was like eight seconds and i was like that's the thing though it's like it's short attention span. it's crazy it's I modify it's, you have to modify your content for each media for each social media platform like i wouldn't post yeah. i would post on like there's certain things on Instagram that I'll post that'll work for Instagram, but it won't work on TikTok. Like TikTok is like a yep. to the point, like eight seconds. Like I posted a video of literally me getting ready to do some tricep <laughs> extensions, and it's like at three hundred fifty thousand views. Like holy shit! Yeah, but it's just like you. It, it's a culture. Like Joey, you know Lex and uh, obviously they've mastered that oh. already. Oh. The, if y'all look, if y'all analyze the videos of like Lex and um, Max. It is. I I still don't really get it, but they mastered it, and that's that's their. Dude, it takes them like five seconds to make it in the parking lot, and it just fucking pops up. Lex and Max. Yeah, I'm gonna check imagine, it out. You know, boys. All right, imagine me film myself like this and going like this. Posting <laughs> <laughs> it. Five million. Posting it. Five million <laughs> And like saying some stupid shit like. Do you, does anyone else cry before they go to the gym? Because I do, and it makes me feel stronger. Like, <laughs> holy I mean, fuck. Lex is about to have a, he's already at 500,000 followers, which is fucking crazy. So it's just like little things like that. If you just, you just have to learn how to play each, uh, uh play, play the game for each social media platform, and it'll, it'll <clears throat> work out for you. I just, it's fucking. Okay, I don't even know if I could do that though, homie. No, no, I can't. I, can't. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you could formula right now. Just repost the list, commentate on the list, and then you're good. Yeah. I you. That's what you I'm doing. Very animated voice, and like you have like an announcer voice, so it's gonna work out. Thank you, sir. It, yeah, yeah. Even, I'll, I'll even if you probably, even if you probably posted some of the the videos to TikTok first, like if you were the first person to post Jess Bittner deadlift for the win on TikTok, and it was just her pulling like a quick thing that probably would have gotten a lot of views, well, but I you did, post I, on it, but, but you post on Instagram first and we do a King list recap show. And then like weeks later, like, Oh, let me go on TikTok yeah, and post yeah. some videos. It's too late at that point. No, well, you're I, right. It was, so Dan, we're getting like on this whole tangent. What was good about TikTok is that TikTok is literally, it's like, imagine it just like a whole different universe. 
It's like we're in the multiverse and we have like we have Earth 616 over here. And then we have <laughs> then we have Earth 82 over here. And like, like whatever I post on Earth uh, 616 does not is not it's like it's irrelevant on this one. So gotcha. it's like really it's a whole different planet. So like you can have that piece of content for however long you want. It's always going to pop on TikTok. Really? It's, yeah, it's I could I could hold on for I could hold on for a video for weeks and like not post. On oh, Earth. man. Like, and then post it on TikTok, but it's already been alive on Instagram for like a year. There's people that don't even know I powerlift on TikTok. They just watch my feed. They're like, wow, this guy is strong and aesthetic. I want to follow him. And then they're like, hey, so like, you know, you should do you should do powerlifting or something like that. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I you know, that's only yeah, you're like, I'm a fucking two-time world champion, you fucking but that's how that's how different it is over there. Like they have no clue about anything like there, you know how like the natty or not debate was like something that was super popular, like almost like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's new that's, on TikTok. That, that's what they're on. Yeah. It's they just on. hit that they on TikTok. Yeah. So it's just like, bro, you know, it's almost like a recycling of the, of the, um, like social media, how it was on Instagram. Damn. Okay. What's okay. great. What's crazy is like, I wonder if I was, if I was in LA with Russ and we just walked into like a 24 hour fitness at five o'clock when it's fucking popping. How many people are gonna be like, like, just not even know that he's a powerlifter and know, you know, and know that he's a uh, just from TikTok? Like, that guy. like, yo, man, I see you. Um, I see you on my for you page. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like, damn, bro. <laughs> but yeah, is, Jess, sorry, sorry, is Jess on TikTok? She would Bittner's on TikTok, but she's not on it enough. She Ooh. she posts Ooh. randomly, dude. She can get a lot of 15 year old boys mad at her for no reason. <laughs> no, you know why? Because there's this new concept called muscle mommies. Yes. She's all oh, over the muscle yeah. mommy. Like Lean she's got the t-shirts in the whole nine. Bro, Lean she, beef is the queen she, of that. The muscle mommy because she, she's, she's the queen. Like, yeah. She's, she's the queen a, muscle mommy. Strong, bro. She would, bro. Oh my God. Dude, I didn't she, become like a social media manager or some shit, man. Dude, Jess, um, yeah, said, for sure. oh my God. <laughs> she because she is like completely jacked ripped, but strong oh, is. Like, yeah. like, you know, it, it's incredible. And she pulls, in terms of, like, being social media uh, friendly, pulls conventional, yeah. um, flat back bench, whatever. All those things, check, check for people who aren't into powerlifting that are yeah. just, like, I'm into gym culture who yeah. won't get it. Boom. That's why it works. Same with yourself, right? Like, it, like you check those boxes. Aesthetic and conventional polar. You don't well, have I don't, a... That's why I, I don't lift on kilo plates anymore. Like if I lift on kilo plates, if I'm leading up to a competition, like if I'm outside of that, it's pound plates because it's more relatable in America to lift on pound plates. All right, so <laughs> it's funny seeing all the TikTok comments of like kilogram plates. Are like that's not 315 pounds. It's like no, there's 25 kilo plates. Here, here, here's the thing, right? What if Jessica gets beat by someone that is not as appealing to the masses, right? Like what is what you know what I'm saying? Like. Well, I don't think it'll super matter because people on TikTok don't even know Russ is the world champ. It helps That's though, like how thing is. Yeah, exactly. Like it helps, like um, and plus Jessica now has two-time junior world champion, two-time open world champion, um, done all these things. So in terms of like, like when CT Fletcher emerged ten years ago, he he got off on his accolades from like previous years. It had already been done, and you can never take it away. So you can reinvent yep. yourself. In, and reemerge on so many platforms as long as you have like the personality, the you know the yeah yeah. I'm just saying if ESPN comes over and you're doing this amazing pitch, 
you know, whatever. And then, and then they're like, okay, but is she the best? And they're like, no, they're like, oh, we don't want to. <laughs> she's still yeah. really up there. You know, it's like when Ronda Rousey was not the champ, it was like, she just didn't even matter. It, it normally won't. It's very rare. Uh, it'll be like dependent on one person though. It's going to be. So like what, what I'm trying to say is like, it's kind of like USC. Dana White talks about this often. Um, he's like, they're like, what happens when this guy retires? When that guy retires? When this guy leaves? He's like, there's always a cycle. There's always someone new who's going to come. It'll always come. That's why you keep yeah. the infrastructure in place and you keep your model in place and you can't hinge on one particular because then you're in trouble. There'll yeah. always be a cycle. So uh, like Jess is a massive asset for sure. But there will be another girl that comes around to appeal towards, like, to fill that void. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, and, and uh, we'll also like. I don't know. I don't think Jessica's defeated. I think she's gonna keep working hard, but she oh, yeah, knows sure. that that girl is very young, and she knows that. I mean, she she's like, fuck, like I gotta I gotta keep it going, otherwise the pressure is just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's gonna be more girls, and it's like what kind of champion are you going to be? You might not always have the title. There might be someone that comes in and punches you in the mouth. Are you going to bounce back and fight for it and give them a run and do everything that you can to go down screaming, fighting, kicking, whatever? Or are you just going to be like, oh, well, I lost. You know, I'm over. Like, you know, I'm done. You know, and and just be completely dismantled. And I think there's people that are going to follow her story. And and it'll be, it's going to be crazy, man. These next, I look back at powerlifting three years ago, only three years ago, Right. And a lot of people that were on top three years ago, they are not on top now. Some of them are, right? You know, I like to, I like to, I've never really experienced like someone working someone up to the top, top, and then them within like a multi-year period and them just like not being the champ anymore and they just can't get it back. Um, you know, there's a little bit of pressure on Keiko, right? To, to get that back. And, and I think that's what makes it interesting. And here's the thing, right? You said it about Leon Edwards. This podcast is long as fuck, by the way. I hope <laughs> Shane's you ready for bed. About, you said it about Leon Edwards. And, I don't know weed, so I'll I'll just sit this one out. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just like you know, with Leon Edwards beating Usman, might be better for the UFC to make that third fight than Usman just winning, right? Like like. If Usman wins, okay, cool, Usman wins. But but I guarantee you in the alternate reality where Usman wins versus this reality, the social media overall engagement is way less than what it is now because of the way that he won, because it was like, it's over. He lost. Wait a fucking minute. No, he didn't. Uh, it, it, it fucks with what is normal, and that's what I'm always saying. Like, we got to get behind people that are compelling. we got to get behind the matchups that are compelling, and it's like, like every single fucking time that Russ puts his title up, I know what we stand to lose and everybody has to gain. It does not get easier every fucking time. It's like every time you win, there's more weight. There's more weight. There's more weight. But that's why you got to have the mindset to be able to have that weight right on your back and still handle business. And there's not nobody that I've interacted with that can handle that shit, that external pressure like like Russ. And there, there are there are some very high level lifters that I have that I'm very close with. And when, when we get to, when you look the beast in the face, they flinch a little bit, right? They, but they, 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 they hesitate. They, they might take a step back. They were, they wonder if they could really do it. Now, I don't know if Russ is just really good at internalizing that. Um, and maybe he does feel that, but I, he ain't show it to me. He's just ready to go. 
he actually gets mad at me sometimes that I'm like, yo, you good? And he's like, what? That's what you were saying last time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just one of those things where like, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited for the future of powerlifting. I feel like this has been a good podcast. Um, You you make a a good uh, idea or the concept is like people like the stories. And so like when you mentioned UFC, like even though Ronda Rousey lost, she still had a story coming back after the loss and people still wanted to watch it and still made money off it. Same with Conor McGregor, even though it doesn't have the belt anymore or the Diaz brothers, even though they keep losing, UFC can still put one of the Diaz brothers on a main event and still sell out that thing and make a ton of money. You didn't know? So the issue we have in powerlifting is, yeah, you may have people like Russ who can have a YouTube channel. And people can follow the story of him being injured during his training cycle, going to nationals and still coming out and pulling off the win. And people follow that story and like Russ more because of it. But a lot of lifters, you know nothing about them. You have no story behind yeah. mm. who these people are. And I think so that's going to change, though. I think that's going to change. I mean, if, if, if uh, whoever I talk to follows through, I think it's going to change and we're going to start to get – Look, man, UFC could do a two-minute little little two-minute video. I don't know who the fuck these fighters are. They do a two-minute video, and after that two minutes, I'm like, okay, I want to watch that fight now. We exactly. can do that. We could do that too, you know. And <laughs> the it's, co- it's the closest thing we have to that is Ryan interviewing people on King and Lifts, and you get to hear more about what their job is and what things uh-huh. they've done as some far as previous have some sports crazy and what they're Yeah. And so then people are like, oh, shit, I didn't know this person was also diabetic. Or, oh, shit, I didn't know this person, like, you know, is a single mother or something like that. And they get behind that story. So if the IPF could push more that or USAPL or any federation, SBD. is you get people you get people bought into a story of a person and they want to follow that regardless of whether they win or lose. We do have outlets. SBD is going to do a whole bunch of this for Sheffield. But um, to the yep. point of uh, – I don't think everyone's got to be, I think you gave good examples, uh, Joey and Arian, where I don't think you necessarily got to be champ for people still, as long as if they fall in love with you initially, um, like like Connor's not champ, hasn't been champ forever. Ronda Rousey or Diaz Brothers or whoever the shit, they're still the biggest names. As long as they find you and they'll, it, they, they'll follow you after that. Like Diaz has fucking been losing and losing, man. And he just is still the, one of the top. Nah, no one cares though. He's the homie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you can find your niche, you're good. And um, so it depends if, if someone could find their niche and some people can come back, right? Like you, you lose your title, like a, a Vanner Holyfield, lose your title, come back and win again. And all of a sudden you're even bigger than you were before because you face some adversity. I don't know. We'll see, man. Depends Real quick, what happens. We, did you see, did you see the little speech that Leon's coach gave him before that last round? No. Oh my God! It's each round, he's like, he was, each round he was like yelling at him, and Leon like wasn't even looking at him or reacting to him. He was defeated. Well, wrestling is the most demoralizing way to lose to someone. Um, but it, it, it's like it was just like one of those. He's like, it was just great. It was just great. It's like you're getting your ass fucking kicked the entire time. Your coach comes out and he says some shit that comes out of nowhere, and he's like, you got to put it all into one shot. Leon, don't let them bully you. It's right here and now. Your boy's got you. Think of everybody back home. And then he just fucking lands a kick and wins. And it's like, how the fuck, dude? What is happening? I was getting ready to go upstairs. Yeah. I know people would turn it off, but again, people would love that story of him saying like he came from Jamaica from nothing. He went to the UK and instead of coming to the US and training on the in the US uh, uh, groups and stuff like all these other fighters, he says, no, I'm going to stay in the UK. I'm going to stay yeah. with my boys. I'm going to make it here. And he made it here. And now plenty of people are like, yo, I want to do that same thing. 
Well, now you. What's the too. saying? What's the saying? I'd rather, I'd rather make, as I'd rather make, some amount of money with my day one than X amount of money with some someone else. I don't know some shit like that. Well, put it this way: because he stayed in. The, Sorry, what are you saying, Russ? I think you're Drake Bar is. Uh, Got to go a party for my day ones. Then, you know, the, never mind. Just <laughs> <is that> Drake. <laughs> it's, uh, dog, what three and a half? Hours. Russ is like dog. We're four hours deep. This is ridiculous. It's, uh, but um, uh, because he stayed in the UK, uh, the, now he's got the whole market cornered. Whereas if he jumped into the US, which would have been easier, um, you're one of like however many millions of athletes like you know the veteran whatever so uk is his now so it worked out you know you got to take these into consideration as well and anyways fellas all right we're three and a half hours deep that's um, right bedtime <laughs> i have no idea where we left off on the bench rules so i think we're probably all still the same <laughs> I, I think i think we were saying no lift off a closer grip or both and yeah. we're done and we're good and then we keep it moving that's it they ain't gotta let's, be ain't gotta overthink it that's it let's see what happens and when it all happens maybe we come back and you guys gotta sit aside like five hours maybe we have to drink during these fucking things i'll be hammered by the end but uh and shane's like i'm in fucking president dude i can't i mean i was already <laughs> drinking that <laughs> <laughs> a boy area area do but um, let's talk. We'll touch base when this happens. I think it's going to come through. We're going to find out in September. Is that right? I think I think they want to do it as soon as possible so people are prepared for it. So potentially, yeah, maybe it comes in September so people are ready for January. I better start fixing your benches. <laughs> What's that? Sorry? I said y'all better start fixing your benches. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It'll be an easy transition for some of these people. Um. All right, fellas, listen, much appreciated. Uh, thank you for your time. This is a damn good discussion. Maybe every now and then we just got to get together and throw some topics out there, man, and we'll just run with it. But uh, anyways, until next time, six-pack lap it at six up, and we are out.